there's something strange mm-hmm. in the podcast hood. Right. Who you gonna call? Ben and Steve! <laughs> They're fucking weird, but they look real good. Who you gonna call? Ben and Steve! Goddamn right you are. Ben and Ben and Ben and Ben and yeah, that's Brad. That's yeah, a fu- that's a joint right there. That's, yeah. that's what we call an introduction. <laughs> I already got the letter from Huey Lewis's lawyers. Oh God yeah, we're damn getting it. fucking sued. <laughs> it's over, man. But before they can sue us, they gotta pry this microphone from my cold dead hands because I'm here to record the newest installment. Yeah. Of the podcast. Dead and lovely. That's the one. That's here with us. the most. With the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben, and me, Hollywood Steve. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Well, it's you know what? We're coming up on Christmas, so maybe it's like Bowels of Hollywood, Steve, or like something like that. I like how that sounds. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Or Christmas Tree Wood, Steve. <laughs> Christmas Tree Wood. It's known as that. Christmas <laughs> yeah. Tree Wood. Christmas Tree Wood. That's good. Yeah. That doesn't need any more brainstorming yeah. at all. Print nope. it. Holly Jolly Christmas, Steve. There we go. That's pretty good, too, okay. honestly. Yeah, that yeah It's works. too far away. Let's not talk about Christmas. God, I just can't even think about it. Yeah. I don't even want to be thinking about the whole no. Christmas season and shit it's already. Like, just too much. But, you know, the war on Halloween rages on, man. It does, the bastards. Sons of bitches, man. Everybody's already got that Christmas shit out. I Halloween's still fucking warm in its grave. If you really want to fight back as a Halloweener, I think you keep your Halloween decorations up through Christmas. That's the move. I think the move is now we keep Halloween decorations up through Christmas. You take them down after New Year's. We've won. Yeah. Victory. Take that. Yeah. Christmas. I'd like to see them try to do something about it. What with their holly jollies? Yeah. And their ho-hos? More like Christ my ass. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. As in I have a pain in the ass. Because it's Christmas, so there's like a bunch of shit you got to do. Yeah, pretty much. Christ, my ass. Oh, he says. <laughs> with the ass pains. This is... Both of us are exhausted. Dude, I'll tell you what. <laughs> on the show last week, you know, I was talking about how just like out of control my life has right. become. I'd like to go back in time and find my inner child and kick its little ass eagle style because... <laughs> That young boy a week ago that yeah. I was, he didn't know. That sweet summer child. He didn't know. He didn't know. How busy things were going to get, even on top of that. Right. It has just been fucking insane. It's that been sucks. absolutely ridiculous. Like, as I said last week, like my life has no control on it. Like, yeah. I say yes to everything, so every second of all of my days are accounted for, which is insane. And then like on top of it, we're going on vacation next week, which will be great. But that also means I need to do like two weeks worth of work in one week. Yeah, and that's a lot. I already probably actively work, uh, I'm going to say minimum 60 hours a week. Yeah. Double that in one week. That's a whole lot. That's more than normal people have to do. It's not the most fun. I bet. It doesn't sound the most fun. No. And I'm reaching a point where, like, I'm so fucking fried that, you know, I'm trying to get some videos and stuff done. That way I'll have stuff to release while I'm on vacation. Yeah. And I spent all last night using precious free time to, like, make a new video. Mm-hmm. Got it all done. Uh, I made, like, backing tracks for it for my patrons to use and practice along with. Okay. I made guitar tabs. I did the entire thing. Rad. Yeah, man. Fucking rad. whole process probably took at least four and a half to five hours okay, to do everything. So. 
final result you probably loaded it immediately up and let everybody know how good it is yeah no no because the thing is is like as i was you know finishing editing the video i was going to the title screen i was going to type in like the title of the video Mm -hmm. and i was like hmm let's see this lick i'm teaching this week is this like 10 note pattern right i should call it like tremendous tens Mm -hmm. and then i was like have i titled a video that before so I searched my own YouTube channel, and I already made this exact video two and a half years ago. <laughs> made the exact it. video. The exact video, yes. <laughs> same lick, same key, everything. Oh, it fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. And so then I just threw the whole thing in the garbage oh, and started over. I think you should have posted it. I think you should have posted it and been like, uh, this is alternate universe, Uncle Ben. Or just denied the whole thing. People are like, you've yeah. done this already. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking if about. They send you the link to it. You're like, looks like nothing to me. Yeah, who's that guy? He's yeah. handsome and all, but it's not me. He's, pre- he's pretty accurate on what he's saying. Mandela effect. <laughs> Maybe I should have played it off. Yeah. It's just like this whole Mandela effect. I, what I should have done is deleted the original one. Uh-huh. And then just posted this. And I, God damn it. Why didn't I think about this before? I don't know. There's all kinds of possibilities. I didn't sure. have to throw away all that work. Or you could have also just posted the video and then the next day posted that same video and done it for like a month. See if nobody notices. Just yeah. see, just every single day repost that exact same video. And then after the month is up, just like, did you guys like my joke? Sandy Kaufman. Oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah. nobody will really be laughing mm-hmm. too much. Except for me. Yeah, except for you. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be kind of like a smug, silent. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you guys didn't know that I was doing the thing. I did the same thing over and over. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Hysterical. Hysterical. Oh, God, dude. I, I am seriously just, like, going out of my mind. I bet, dude. I that am, sucks. I am. I, I feel like two little butters spread across <laughs> toast. I'm fucking Frodo in my ass, man. Bilbo in my yeah. ass. See, I can't even get the names of the goddamn hobbits right no more. Well, I understand. If you, you, you start mixing up hobbits, you know your brain's scrambled. Wait, hang on. You're not one of those people that's just like, all hobbits look alike. You're not that person, Of are course you? not. They're, you know, differently ha- foot-haired. Okay. That's all how right. you can identify a hobbit. That's true. That's by true. the foot hair. Let's make sure I wasn't reading into that the wrong way. <laughs> you, you see a hobbit and you're like... Oh, yeah, that's I see. I see your foot hair. That's you, Frodo. Yeah, I can I, tell. I could have called you anything before because otherwise you look the exact same. Mm. God forbid they ever discover shoes. It's over That'd be us. the worst, yeah. It would just be like, who are all these damn hobbits? Who are they? Who your name <laughs> is, I'd say, to hobbit. I've been fucking exhausted. I have not really seen the sun. We got that good old time change going on. Give us less sunshine. Yeah. Thanks, Biden. I Thanks, Biden. Listen, I'm going to say something controversial. Oh. I've finally come to the conclusion. Hot take. Hot, hot take, especially for the horror community. Whoa. I don't like fall. I like Halloween. It's easy to mix the two up. Yeah. Uh, I don't like fall. Really? I don't like it. What is it? What's good about it? You don't like uh, wrapping your lips around a PSL? <laughs> I mean, we could do that in the summer. PSL! <laughs> pumpkin latte! I Why just... has somebody done that yet? <laughs> like a riff on PYT? <laughs> yes. Come on. I think, I think like, I like, I like about a week of fall. Okay. Yeah. I like the experience of seeing the leaves change. I like the experience of it getting crisper. And then 
it's uh, dark, and all that is before you is darkness. <laughs> Until the like dawn the of Baby spring. <laughs> it, it's, it's just so, like, I don't know, man. I've got no energy. I, I understand the positives of fall. But I think you could boil it down to about a week, and then let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's huh? just move on. <laughs> well, thankfully in Tennessee, that's kind of what it does. Where it's yeah, like, it's fall for it a week. Is. Now it's fucking freezing. Yeah, and dark, freezing and dark. I had to get my winter coat out the other day. It's oh yeah, cold, man. Huh, dude, we've had a couple nights. It's been in the damn forties. I know, I know. It's been upper thirties even. It, it it has been even down to freezing. Whew. It's cold out there. It is, and it's fan. just no fun. I don't like it none. But then during the daytime, you do that thing where you're like, well, I'll, I'll wear a sweatshirt or something, and you're like, hey, I sweat when I'm in the sun, <laughs> and then I'm freezing whenever I'm in the shade. Yeah. What's with the temperature discrepancy here? Uh, it's just uh, the worst. It's Somebody the worst. Somebody needs to do something about this. It is. It is it's something that some someone needs to, I don't know, pass a law. Call Biden. <laughs> Get Biden on. Joseph Biden. If anybody's going to change something, it's going to be him. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of the the Let's Go Brandon thing. I've caught wind of this, yes. Hey, conservatives, how about this? Just listen up real quick. Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> well, yeah. You could say that. You could also Get just some say fucking that. balls. What the hell? <laughs> just say it, right? Let's go, Brandon. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Fuck Joe Biden. I'm saying this from the left. Fuck Joe say, Biden. Like, yeah, we say that anyway. <laughs> yeah, so come, come on. on. Get some balls. Get some balls with it already. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, I get it, man. This old, this old time change, it never does me no good. I still think it's completely fucking pointless. Yeah, it is useless. It's, I mean, somebody... Uh, posted something about the history of uh, daylight savings time, and basically the history we've been taught is a lie. Farmers didn't want it; uh, corporations wanted it because people spend <laughs> more money when uh, uh, the it's darker out early. What? And apparently, they drive more and spend more money. Huh? I don't know. Are you sure it's not just because it happens like around the holidays? I don't know. I don't know how that like, works. That might out. be the reason. That might be the reason. Though also tired people uh are more likely to make bad decisions. Ooh, we need more of those. They do tend to cost people money, and that is kind of the entire idea of capitalism is costing people money. So if you can make people I don't know, tired for no fucking reason in the <laughs> middle of the fall. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, Johnson. Yeah. You're promoted. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah. yeah, it is. It has been quite a fucking week. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, got vacation and stuff coming up. Yeah, you do. Should be a pretty great time. So be rad, I'm bet. looking forward to that. Uh, I could probably use a old recharge of the batteries. I honestly hope that I can fucking turn my brain off enough to enjoy being. That on is going to be tough. I know. I know how hard that can be, man. When you you get on the vacation, but you're more anxious because of all the shit that you didn't get done yeah and it's not gonna get done on the vacation so yep yeah so yeah so hopefully i can just fucking chill out and be less of a fucking crabby asshole than i am now whenever i come back okay we'll just see about it we'll see yeah we'll give you the crabby asshole test next week okay see how that goes good deal man (laughs) I'll tell you, I've uh, I've definitely been thirsty today. Yeah, me too. I think I'd like to get a co beer and a cup. Oh goodness, because uh, we're both just uh, not 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 having the greatest of of times Woo. right now. 
We're going all out. We picked two big 15 percenters that uh, Don sent us from Burial. And what, what's that one called? I'm right. sure something crazy. <laughs> it is multisyllabic as hell, that's for sure. <laughs> Lessons in Solitude, portrait number two. All right. What the fuck do they name this shit? It's so pretentious. <laughs> it's an imperial stout with blood, orange, zest, say coffee, S-E-Y, say coffee. Oh, okay. I don't, say coffee. Say coffee. Cocoa nibs, toasted oats, and vanilla bean. Blood orange zest. This should be pretty lovely. Yeah, I'm interested in what... Because uh, blood orange zest mixed with those other things is what's got me a little bit like, what's this going to be about? I hope it's like one of them dang old chocolate oranges yeah, on the holidays. that's what I'm thinking. That's what and I hope it is. if we're coming up on the holidays, might as well start celebrating. It smells fucking lovely, I'll tell awesome. you that. It so, looks like uh, it's super dork. This, this week has here. been... Um, not not a whole lot of entertainment going on for me. Oh, fuck no. Me neither. <laughs> I've been doing a whole lot of work. But uh, we did have uh, a little screaming chat. Yeah? What'd you guys do? We watched a movie called The Sect, the a.k.a. Sect. The Devil's Daughter, Oh, a.k.a. Demons 4. Okay. A lot of titles on this motherfucker yeah. here, huh? So right. I, you've seen Demons and yeah. Demons 2, right? I've actually not seen Demons 2. Oh, okay. Two. We'll check out Demons 2 sometime. I've not seen Demons 3. This was directed by the same guy who directed Stage Fright. Okay. Uh, Michel a very Suave. logical, sensical movie. Yeah. Suave? Suave. That's it. Um, Rico Suave? <laughs> I, think it, I think it does basically mean suave in, in Italian. Anyway, um, it's a weird one, my man. I'll tell you this. There's a, there's a stork in it who uh, delivers a baby by some unsavory means. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but the guy that did Stage Fright also has an owl man yeah. in it too. So what is this guy bird birds? Thing. Yeah. Show me on the doll where the birds hurt you, mister. That beer smells really good. It smells really interesting, right? I've not in it. I've not wrapped my lips around it yet. It's just sitting here in this cup looking all dark and staring me down, looking exotic and sexy. What's that do to you? Well, that is a stout for sure. It's stout as hell. It is. Oh man, that's got, fucking good. It's got that coffee coming. Oh, chocolate too. Rich chocolate in yeah, there, yeah. man. Very mm. rich dark chocolate. I'm waiting for the orange to yeah, really I'm kick in. Yeah, I'm not really tasting that yet. It's a little bit on the aftertaste. It's pretty faint, honestly. It's more like a little bit of like an orange oh, okay. zest or like an orange oil kind of flavor. Yeah, when I breathe out through my nose, I exactly. Can get it. Yeah. yeah, you get a little bit there. But yeah. dude, just that that chocolatey stout flavor. Yeah, that's a good stout. Is just ridiculous. Fifteen percent. <laughs> a little hard to tell. It is because it tastes like just to say it's got that coffee and chocolate flavor to it that could cover up any amount of alcohol, uh, basically. You know what it has? It has like a real chocolate ganache flavor. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. rich, yeah. sweet, thick mm-hmm. kind of thing. Good stuff right there. Oh, that's really fucking good. I Way to go, burial, 15%. man. Every time, every time we have a burial beer, I'm digging it. I don't think we've think had a bad one. If we've had any that weren't good i mean even like i think over the summer we had a couple like hazy ipas yeah. and we were kind of like kind of getting a little bit burnt out on hazy sure. ipas and we we're like eh, i'm a little tired of this style but it's exceptionally done yeah it's our fault way right? to the go beer's fault. yeah it was all on us it's not you it's the beer did its best and it was a good job yeah totally we were just like eh, i don't care burial stouts fuck around yeah they fuck hard dude that is very good that is extremely good man very awesome stuff mm. 
Okay, so the sect, was it good? Oh, man. Okay, so the sect. Uh, it is very Italian. Um, So you would probably enjoy it. I probably like yeah. that. I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I had a fun time. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's very weird. Was it a taste of the old country? Yeah. Yeah, like Nona used to make. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I felt like I was uh, taking a bite out of a... A prosciutto. Oh, the gabagool. Yeah. The gabagool, yeah. All right, let me ask you this, though. In the movie, how limited was the salad and breadsticks? <laughs> it was not limited at all. When you were there, no you limits? are family. Flip mode squad, no limits? <laughs> yes. Whoa. Oh, it was also written by Dario Argento. I should have probably mentioned that. Oh, so I'm you know, way on board Yeah, that, you man. know. Yeah, you're going to get into it. Okay. Um, and then Sunday, we watched Lamageddon which was uh, uh, Lori's pick, and I enjoyed it. Yeah? It's like... Lamageddon. What is it, like an hour and nine, hour and ten minutes? Barely a movie. Barely a movie, and it could have been way shorter. The anim- <laughs> the wow. animation parts, though, are rad. Yeah. Um, th- There's some good humor in it. Like, there's like, um, you know, they're doing like the... Two chicks are texting, and the text is like appearing on the screen. Okay, yeah. But the chicks are looking at where it's appearing on the screen while they're texting and like reading it. And I was like that kind of shit. That's yeah. a funny joke. Uh, and then there's also there's one character who changes his shirt for every scene, and it it, it took a few scenes before because I kept being like, "Wait, is that the same guy from before? He's wearing a different <laughs> shirt." Like it took a while. Wow. And it was also one of those things where it like happened so many times that it like stopped being funny and then started being funny again. Like, God, they're keeping going. Oh, so with they're it. gonna keep this going the whole time. Uh but yeah, it could have been it could have been a lot shorter. But there's a there is a a guy who gets turned into a llama. Now the llama is from space, I should mention. Space llama. And it has laser eyes. Of course it does. So that's Why pretty rad. It? Uh but uh, a guy gets Turned into a llama by the llama and then births llama alien eggs. Okay, this sounds erotic. It was pretty, yeah. No, I mean, I was I'll tell you what, at a rager. Even just hearing about it, it moved a little. <laughs> it moved a little. That sounds crazy. It, 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 but mostly it's uh, boring party scenes that, like, I'm sure they had a fun time filming it, but it's like when you're watching it as a film, it's just like, you can cut most of this yeah yeah make a 30 minute special yeah. out of it gotcha. yeah 30 minutes i in fact the 22 minutes in fact would have been probably the best way to go could be it, a part of an anthology or, something. or it could have just been completely animated because the again the animation parts are rad so it like opens with animation and then like midway through there's some animation bit all right and that stuff's awesome okay cool yeah but uh, i'm sure the hang was the good part yeah the hang was the good part and then also after that just as a bonus surprise i had found ghostbusters on youtube so we watched ghostbusters because why wouldn't you because why wouldn't you yeah. yeah i watched ghostbusters five times this week was there anybody in our group <laughs> that hadn't seen Ghostbusters? no everybody had seen it i'm trying to think if like i know anybody that hasn't seen this movie that would be I mean, yeah, they'd be young, I would assume, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, you're probably anybody just not going to run into... Yeah. yeah, you're not going to run into anybody like in their 30s, right? Sure. That seems not. impossible, because this was like everywhere. Yeah, our, our childhoods were saturated like, in Ghostbusters. The cartoon... I watched a video about the cartoon, because I loved the cartoon as a kid. I also watched some episodes of the cartoon. I was kind of obsessed with Ghostbusters this Me week. Too. <laughs> and in, as a kid. I um, meant as a kid, yeah. Yeah. But I watched a video about the 
like the the cartoon itself and so they made 13 episodes that were meant to air on Saturday mornings and then they also had an order for episodes to air throughout the week so there were five episodes throughout the week and then an episode on Saturday morning and different writers were working so like the, the ones that aired on Saturday morning were like the Mike J. Michael Straczynski written stuff that's like real good and then like some of the through the week stuff is a little bit weaker really yeah and the, it ran for like seven seasons or something. Did it actually? Yeah. See, that's one of those ones that I didn't remember if like if the the cartoon was on that many seasons or if we just watched the reruns over and over and over as kids. It was on so much. Like there were so like the many Beetlejuice episodes. Cartoon. We yeah. talked about that. The a Beetlejuice weeks cartoon ago. only aired for like two years. Two didn't years. It? Yeah. But it seemed like our entire childhood. Yep. <laughs> we just watched the reruns. Yeah. But with the Ghostbusters cartoon, there was like Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters. Well, the real and... Ghostbusters is the one with the characters from this, and then Ghostbusters was the one that had like the gorilla and stuff, which is based off of the. Uh, Ghostbusters show from the 70s that was made by the company that made He-Man. That's not confusing <laughs> at all. <laughs> they, they were fighting for the the Ghostbusters title throughout the making of mm-hmm. this because like the that show was pretty obscure and then the people what is the name Filmation is the name of that that company. Okay, yeah, yeah. They whenever of course they found out that a Ghostbusters cartoon was coming out, they were like, "Well, we'll make our own Ghostbusters cartoon and try to cash in." Oh, that's where that came yeah. from. So theirs came huh. out as Ghostbusters cuz they still owned the name for the animation. So they had to call the Ghostbusters cartoon the real Ghostbusters. I got to say, that's a pretty hard ass move. It is. <laughs> Considering also, too, that Ghostbusters made it up first, and then they're like, no, 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 we're the real. Yeah, no, fuck you. <laughs> they could have called it not the fake Ghostbusters, like the other one that's on TV. Yes, with the gorilla. But, dude, I mean, the cartoon, the toys, everything. Like, yeah, Ghostbusters is one of those properties that I have had with me my entire life. Like, there, there's things that I've had that I don't remember encountering for the first time, like Van Halen, ZZ Top, Josh Rogers, uh-huh. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like, there's very few things that are on that list of, like, I don't remember not having this in right. my life. Uh, do you know the Ecto Cooler ran until 2001? No way. Yeah. IC was still selling Ecto Coolers in the late 90s, early 2000s. But they brought it back, like, four or five years ago. Yeah, they but, did. They brought it back. as like it was, like, the first time in decades. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, Almost was. technically. Fuck. Yeah, technically. <laughs> God damn it, getting old. <laughs> God damn old. 2000 was just the other day, right? Yeah, Not dude. Not almost Y2K. 22 years ago. Dude, we all remember the Willennium. Of course we do. It's recent news. Woo! Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ecto Cooler. Never liked it. Oh, really? Nope. Just tastes like shitty orange high C or something to me. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh. But well, it's tangerine. It wasn't orange. So, a little bit different. I liked that less. Yeah. I cared less for it. Yeah, I never thought that it was good, but I also never liked like High C or like Sunny D, all that like Capri Sun. Capri Sun. You did like jams. Okay. I love a Capri Sun. Sunny D is oily. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I always thought about it. You'd get like excited, be like, "Cool, it's Sunny D. We got purple stuff, Sunny D, right. whatever." It has like a film. Yeah, it does. Especially if it's like anything below ice cold. Right. Yeah, if you if you get it warm, 
Might as well just be drinking motor oil. It tastes it's like awful. Yeah, it's like heavier than a stout or something. <laughs> yes, it is. Always hated that shit, man. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I never was big on Sunny D, but I did like, I liked High C. I loved a Capri Sun, but that, yeah, I mean, a lot of that was once you get real good at getting that straw in there. You, oh yeah, you kind of like showing off, right? That's true. Just like pow. Well, it's just a cool drink because you get to impale it. You do. <laughs> it's the drink you stab. Vlad the Impaler would love a fucking Capri Sun. That would be his favorite fucking drink yeah. in the world. <laughs> blue, blue, give me more to Capri Sun. Blue. Do you think he, you know what, though? I bet that Vlad would do that with fucking, like, blood bags from the hospital. Yeah. Just, like, one of those bags. Just, just, yeah. yeah, just shank it. Yep. Very refreshing after soccer practice. <laughs> See, I I associate Capri Sun with soccer because yeah, like my me brother, too. My I brother didn't played. play soccer, but my cousins did, and I yeah. would always go to their games. And yeah, I remember getting a lot of Capri Suns and orange slices. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was the fucking joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what: as an adult, you're allowed to buy Capri Sun, squeeze it out of the pack, and add vodka or gin to it, and it's fucking great. You can do that. You can legally? do that. Uh-huh. You can even add a little bit of sody water on top to give it some why, effervesce. Wait, why aren't there adult Capri Suns? Why the fuck aren't there adult Capri Suns? Somebody get on that. I know, right? Real quick. Yeah. That sounds awesome, honestly. Like, you just... know what it should be? It should be Capri Moon, like after dark. <laughs> Capri Moons. Oh, what if it's uh, pant length, son? Instead Rather of a Capri's. Capri's. <laughs> it's full length. Okay, that's good. It takes me a minute to get there, but it's Short good. shorts moon. <laughs> yeah, I drink the fuck out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Capri Sun and vodka, though, seriously. Yeah, just basically awesome. like a cocktail and a Capri Sun. Mm-hmm. That would be so good. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Trademark Dan Lovely, yeah. obviously. Unless it already exists, in which case, tell us. Yeah, tell us about it, yeah. please. <laughs> we'll give you our money <laughs> in that case. Yeah, Ghostbusters, man, is the fucking shit, so I'm sure you guys yeah. had a good time jamming and watching that. We did. Uh yeah, uh, so yeah, Ghostbusters. Man, I've watched so much Ghostbusters stuff this week. Yeah, did the busting yeah. make you feel good? Um, well, I did watch the porn parody, and busting <laughs> apparently made them feel good. What is the title of the Ghostbusters porn? I'm so excited. Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, uh, uh triple X porn parody. It they didn't get any title. more creative than that. No, but they did. Okay, so here's the story: is basically there are male Ghostbusters. And female Ghostbusters, huh? Timely, because okay. of the 2016 reboot and the conflict with the Look sexist out. men who were like, I don't want a woman in there. It's ruining my childhood. Hey, my memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they, uh, they, of course, recreate the Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from a ghost thing, but they reverse it. Uh-oh, remix. Where it's Dan Aykroyd woman. <laughs> giving a blowjob to... Woman Ackroyd. Woman Ackroyd, she's called. <laughs> uh, there's also a ghost gangbang, so that's fun. <laughs> and then all the Ghostbusters just fuck each other. Wow. It doesn't have much of a plot. This sounds amazing. But I watched it. They really put the, the bust in Ghostbusters. They do. They're uh, uh, I'm about to ghost bust. He slimed me. Surely somebody pulled out that he slimed me. You know, him. I didn't watch it closely. I just watched I wanted to see the story scenes. Like what were they what was the story they were trying to tell? You were there for the narrative. Yeah. Not the smut. Well, I mean I did watch 
of course I watched the smut and jerked off my penis. Of course. Of course. Why but wouldn't you? Other than that, I was like, well, I need to take some notes about this. This is work. It's work related. <laughs> this is work. Business. I said to myself. I'm here on business, not pleasure. <laughs> you convinced yourself. That was a business jerk. Where did you find it? In case I meet somebody and they want to watch it, not that I do. I mean, just search search uh, Ghostbusters porn parody. It'll, you'll find it. You'll Should find I type it. that into a search engine? Will Ask Jeeves take me there? Uh, go to Ask Jeeves. Ask yeah, Jeeves. That's, yeah, that's the... It's the adult version of Ask Jeeves. Okay. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Uh-huh. Where can I see this ass? Uh-huh. And the remember how Ask Jeeves had the butler like guy? Ask Jeeves, it's the same butler guy, but he's wearing like assless chaps. Right. Yeah. This and is he's good. got like a like a like a, a what do you call that? A ball thing. Ball gag. That's the thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. And he's there to just buttle fuck his way through this. <laughs> yep. He's a butler, but he also fucks. Buttle fuck. He'll buttle fuck it. He'll buttle fuck it. Buttle fuckers. <laughs> Who you gonna fuck? Buttle fuckers. I also watched the sequel and the remake. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about those more when we talk about the movie. But Maybe we will. Sequel's still fun. Remakes, I mean, it, it's uh, not remake. What is it? I guess it's it's a remake, I guess, technically. They didn't exist in, in the 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. So, I so guess a remake. A reboot? Reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Uh, it's still got its funny moments, but also still not that good. It's not that good. No, no it's really not. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more as we get mm-hmm. into the movie review. Uh, which there's a timestamp for if you're still listening. Oh yeah, like, what are they going to talk about the movie? Never. We're not going to. <laughs> don't worry about we, it. This Listen, is a bait and switch. We tell people that we're going to talk about a movie, and we then just we just talk about bullshit. Yeah. Talk about bottle fucking, bottle fucking, yeah. uh, busting Capri Sun. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know, like you do. Basically, like every horror podcast every, does, right? Every episode of our podcast is us on Shark Tank, just pitching something. Yeah, it's just yeah. ideas. It's just ideas all the ideas. time, man. That's I get it. it. Man, I, I have been so fucking slammed this week, I had time to watch one movie. Oh, yeah? And that is all. One movie we watched this week. What was it? Dude, that new Netflix Western, The Harder They Fall. Okay, I do want to see this. I love God a Western. The cast damn. looks amazing. Dude, you gotta watch. Like seriously, when we're done, just awesome? go home and fucking just go watch, watch it. it. It is incredible. We okay. were gonna sit down and watch over over brunch. We were gonna watch like a familiar classic, like uh, like Nightmare Before Christmas, right? And uh, signed on to Netflix, and Kate was like, "Oh, there's this trailer for this the other day. I didn't know if you'd be interested." And in I almost watched it without you. She started the trailer, and it's like within like thirty seconds. I was like, "Yeah, I'm in. Turn this okay. on. Start now." Fucking incredible. Awesome. It feels like a. Okay, I was going to say, it feels like a Tarantino Western, but there there are Tarantino Westerns. Right. It feels like a black Tarantino Western. Well, he's got that one. Yeah, but it's not like that. Not like that one. Okay. No, this, okay. <laughs> it's like a black Tarantino Western made by a black filmmaker. Oh, okay. Right. So with that. an incredible, basically all black cast. Yeah, I've seen this. I got, I got Idris Elbow in there. Idris Elbow is in uh-huh. there, just throwing elbows, mm-hmm. having that just wonderful that, fucking If he had become voice. a professional wrestler, that is who That's he his would finisher. be. The Idris Elbow. I'm going to hit you with the Idris Elbow, aren't in I? In I. <laughs> yeah, we sound just like him. We do. Identical. Everybody, like everybody listening like, just oh, now. Oh, they got him on the show? Yeah, wow. Wow. Idris no, that was Elbow us. himself. That was us. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it has so many incredible. Yeah, what's his name from Lovecraft Country? And uh, yep, that's and, right. Uh, man. He played uh, King. King. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he is fucking incredible. That Jonathan, guy, man. Jonathan something. I can't. I, honestly, I, I can't remember. That guy is amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. I haven't seen him do any wrong. No, period. I haven't either. It's also got old Zazzy Beats in there being. Fucking badass, she is man! So hot! Oh my god! <laughs> what? She's gorgeous as hell. Gorgeous this too, woman, man. yeah. It's got and, and dude, I feel like such a fucking dickhead because I can never remember this guy's name. But he was in, uh, I think it's called like "Sorry to Bother You." Oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Is that him? And he was also mm-hmm. in. I think he was maybe in Atlanta. It's got yeah. a bunch of people from Atlanta yeah. in it. Lakeith Stanfield. That guy is amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. He's Holy a good actor. shit, dude! Uh, Everybody in the movie is awesome. It's super cool and like stylized, but it's still a great ass western. Mm-hmm. It's one of those rare movies, dude, that has like twenty something characters in it. Yeah. And you get to know all of them, and they all have a personality, and you care about all of them and know them by name by the end of the movie. It's not one of those flicks where you're just like, God, there's all these characters, and I don't fucking care about right. them. It's almost like Snatch or something like that in that way, where okay. there's so many people, and they all have a huge personality. Right. I can't say enough about it. It's also fucking gorgeous, and the soundtrack is bad as shit. Right. I'm going to get on it, man. Dude, blew my mind. Yeah. I thought it was fucking awesome. One of the best movies I've seen in... Well, all year for sure, for sure. Okay, maybe the best. I don't know. Okay, really. I mean, I good. was already convinced before you even started talking about it, but now I'm excited. Hell yeah, man! Right. So give that one watch some time. That's about all I've had time to watch this oh. week. But I'll tell you what, man. I also watched that Ghostbuster. Yeah, not the pornographic one. Well, you should you should check it. the you, regular one. You, you know, and honestly. You don't need to check out the Ghostbusters porn parody. It's just like... I'll be the judge of that. Thank you. I mean, and you know what? Maybe. Maybe it's your thing. Maybe it's my Maybe thing. Maybe it's your thing. I'm just saying. I'll do some independent research, <laughs> and I'll get back with you on it and let you know what I think about you it. You know, okay? there's something else I was checking out, and I figured, hmm. you know, this might just lead us in to a little preview palace discussion. <gasps> I've been watching all week a feller play through... A little Ghostbusters game on the Xbox. Oh my god, I've wanted to be that feller this week. Because now, after watching this movie, I'm like, I want to play that goddamn Ghostbusters video game from, I think the one I played was like 2009. Yeah, somewhere around there. And they re- released a remastered version in 2019. So, Oh man. I read about it and I was like, holy shit, uh, it, it was written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Yeah, and I the was voice like, cast is like all there. They up the whole voice cast. So I was like, I'll check this out. Um, and yeah, I want... I wanted to check it out before. I didn't want to just buy it and start playing it and then be like, I bought this just to talk about it on the podcast. Hey, it's I, a tax write-off, man. It's <laughs> true. I talk about our, uh, I watched uh, somebody else you know, playing it, and I'd say within 20 minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm buying this game. Fuck yeah, man. So uh, I'll be playing that. <laughs> I'll tell you this. <laughs> when I get home. It's one of the best examples it looks awesome. of when we've had a movie turn into a vidge game, yeah. and it's actually been... Real fucking good. But this is a very hit and miss predicament. There's it some is. good ones. There's a lot of bad ones out yeah. there. So I say before we get to the movie review ski, let's just slip on into that preview palace. Preview palace. Preview palace. Preview palace. Cease and desist. This is Huey Lewis's fucking lawyers. You're canceled. You're shut down. Preview Palace has been condemned. Remember that commercial Huey Lewis was in where everybody was like, 
suddenly concerned for him because it was like, oh, is that how he sounds? Remember, it was like a no. It, oh fuck! It was a. I can't remember if it was like a Expedia.com or something, but like he was like being a travel agent, and he's like, I got two tickets to Paris. Oh, that's Eddie, that's Eddie Money. Oh fuck! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> how did I get Eddie Money? Huey <laughs> Lewis mixed up. I mean, how, wait, how did I get two? Pretty generic 80s guys yeah, mixed up I was pretty say, easily. Like, yeah. oh, that one boomer white guy from the 80s right. kind of remind me of that other one. <laughs> mm, I wonder how that happened. Mm. I remember seeing that, yeah, commercial, that commercial being very concerned He's for like, him. I got to, to get to paradise. Yeah, like, is he having a stroke right now? <laughs> He's stroking out. Does he smell toast? Sir, are you okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, Preview uh, Palace. Preview Palace, here we are talking about... Video games based on movies. Now, now we've, we've had a lot of times that a video game turns into a movie and we get sure. some atrocities. Yeah, so very rarely do we get something good out of that. Hey, Kiv Beckerdock, add that to your vocab. Atrocities. Atrocities. It's yeah. actually an inside joke. You're just not part of it. <gasps> Boom. Oh, no. Look out. Oh, I wish I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about like, the Double Dragon movie, the Mario yeah. Brothers movie. Oh, just horrendous. Oh, man. But, I mean, also throughout the 80s and 90s, basically every movie became a Nintendo game. Man, my favorite when I was a kid was that NES game for Bridge Over River Kwai. <laughs> it was fucking dope. It was my favorite movie as a kid. Yeah. Favorite video game, too. I think the first one I remember playing is Jaws. So I never played the Jaws game for NES, right? Right, yeah. What was that like? Like, what did uh, you do? It was based off of Jaws Four, I believe. <laughs> the one everybody loves. Yeah. Perfect. And you would go, basically, you could go around in your sub. Oh, well, you go around in a boat and then you would decide to, like, dive in a particular place. And then you would go down there. And if Jaws showed up, you shoot him with the harpoon. Uh, and then eventually, you. Toward the end, you have to ram Jaws with the, the prow of the boat, uh, which was like the thing that happened in part four. It was a terrible game. Sounds thrilling. It was so boring. So you just wander around looking for the bad guy, and yeah. sometimes you find him. And sometimes you find him. Wow. And then maybe you kill him. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Who knows? The way they designed video games back then. Uh, it, it was, was really just like, just like, like you, know, you know what? Fuck kids. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck kids. It was like, we got two ideas. Here's the game. Fuck you. The parents will buy it. The kids will be fucking busy for a little while. It'll make their blood pressure go up. I don't give a shit. I fucking hate kids. That really was it. It was like... The parents will buy it because they'll be like, oh, my kid likes that movie. They'll like this game. And then the parent brings the game home. The kid plays it for like 20 seconds. They're like, this is horrendous. And that's it. Oh, it sounds like you're describing my experience of playing the Top Gun game for NES. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> talk Gun about was like, impossible. Talk about a real like, welcome to the real world, jackass yeah. moment where the first thing you do in the fucking game is you have to land the jet on the aircraft carrier. Which is impossible. The margin I of do error. not believe anyone ever did it. I, if somebody no shows way. me a video, I will not believe it. I'll be like, it's faked. Faked. This is entirely. not real. That's... Because I could never do that shit. No. It's impossible. And, like, it's so frustrating, too, because I remember playing that Top Gun game for probably an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, Just trying, trying like, to land okay, that Okay, so what will be after this? Yeah. 
Never found out. Never found out. No, nope. I don't know what the actual gameplay of Top Gun is. No I idea. think it's just flight landing simulator, as far as I know. <laughs> Which is so boring. Oh, dude. <laughs> but yeah, really, like there was no rhyme or reason to it. We're like, okay, right. I was too high that time, so I'll go lower. I was too low that time, so I'll go lefter. I was too left that time, so I'll go right. Like, <sighs> Impossible. You can't do it. Impossible. Fuck kids was the message that was of that game. That was the message game, of that game, yeah. But, you know, there are some other ones that we had from that era that were actually pretty fun. You you told me earlier you played the Goonies game. I don't yeah, remember the, well, Goonies the Goonies game. The Goonies game, I wouldn't say exactly was fun, <laughs> um, but we played it a lot and never really could figure out what we were supposed to be doing. No direction whatsoever in these games. It's yeah. just like, you're here, have fun, bye. We played it so many times, too. Like, we would just... Pull it out, trying to figure out how what to do. How like life this is. <laughs> Our creator puts us on this earth with no instruction and leaves us behind to fend for ourselves. <laughs> it's true. This Speaking of no instruction and fending for yourself, the Friday the 13th video game for Nintendo. Okay. Now, I know there's a current Friday the 13th game I've seen other people play. Looks awesome. I've heard it's awesome, yeah. man. It's like a kind of group melee game. Somebody yeah. gets to be Jason. Sure. Everybody sounds else fun. is the counselors. That sounds really yeah. cool. But this game was not that. So I don't think I ever played it, but I want to say maybe there's like an angry video game nerd episode on it because I've Probably. seen gameplay of it. It just yeah. seems like you kind of wander around and sometimes Jason shows sometimes up Sometimes Jason's in a cabin. Dead. And you're pretty much definitely dead, yeah. Yep, so how that's do you about it. win? Um, okay, so you have to like... I, I can't remember exactly. There's like a fireplace you have to light and like you have to find like his mom's sweater in a cave and also... I, I don't remember if you, like, you just hit him with rocks or you can get a knife and throw a knife at him. None I, of these things classically work on Jason. Is no, the thing. and also, all, like, the campers are, like, they all had different abilities, but, no, like... Campers they, in the movies had no abilities. Exactly. <laughs> Fall down ability. Fall bone down ability. ability. Exactly. So it kind of did feel the it kind of captured the feeling of being in a Friday the 13th movie. You're doomed. In that you're doomed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I'm fucked. I have watched somebody actually beat it and it it just was like, "Huh. So that that's it, huh? If you do beat it, it really isn't like worth it." Mm. It's kind of more fun to just keep getting killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, that is the classic Jason in the purple jumpsuit with the, like, turquoise mask. Like too. we all know. Which was from, a, does I, I remember watching a video on that, on the history of that game, and it was from a Japanese poster. Like a Japanese. For real? Yeah, a Japanese poster for Friday the 13th. And it had been a purple jumpsuit? Mm-hmm. It was like, it was a stylized thing. You know how, like, a lot of countries will have more stylized movie posters. Yeah, it was more totally. of a stylized thing. Dude, the Japanese and, fucking Elm Street posters are the sickest. Yeah, they're rad. So, like, the designer, of course, uh, was Japanese, I believe, and was then using the design they'd seen on the movie poster for Jason because huh. they liked it. That's cool. And so, you know, we get that purple and turquoise Jason that we all know and love. Like you do, man. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Was it more fun than playing a game where you get to play the role of of old Sly himself, Sylvester Stallone. Cliffhanger. 
No? Oh, there was a cliffhanger there game. There was a cliffhanger though. game. That's I don't true. think I ever played it. I didn't it. either. I remember seeing it at the video store, yeah. never being interested. But I did play Rambo. Yeah, me for too. For the NES. The Rambo game. Mm-hmm. It was also, again, one of those games I wouldn't call fun, but I would say it was challenging. Yes. That's true of a lot of NES games. Challenging yeah. would be the most appropriate term. And looking back on it, I think they were just trying to like get us ready. It's like if we make childhood in the 80s very difficult, adulthood in the 2020s, you're going to be prepared for it. <laughs> Resources are super limited. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Survive. Yeah. <laughs> no instructions. It, Figure de- it out. Yeah. It's definitely like <laughs> just like you're dropped into this video game and no, yeah, no instructions. But if you die once, it's over. <laughs> How like life this is. Exactly. It is exactly like life. I remember thinking the Rambo game was so hardcore because like in the intro of it, you get that like instructional from like the colonel or something. Uh-huh. And he says, and then get the hell out. Oh, I was like, it says hell. hell in an NES game, dude. What? This is fucking hardcore. But then you get into the game and you're like, I'm in a cave and there's spiders. Yeah. Yeah. It... That, it just like it was just like they had a library of assets and they were no no like interest in trying to reflect the movie no just like we've got these spiders and we've got gun together make it rambo make rambo make it rambo they said (laughs) yeah it was very very hard i remember that was a game where i was just frequently like i don't know where i'm supposed to go and like Sometimes you'd be in that in some of those caves and you'd be getting hit by like invisible spiders, I guess. Yeah. What was that about? I don't know. Yeah, it really was a fuck you, wasn't it? I think that it was. <laughs> Pretty sure that was. And again, it had fuck all to do with the movie. Not a thing. Not a thing. But there are examples of them taking a movie property and translating it into a game extremely well and making it very relevant to the movie storyline. Sure. Some of those fucking Disney games... Oh man, the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, Aladdin on Dude, Sega Genesis Aladdin. was amazing. I played it on Super Nintendo, but also the, amazing. The Genesis one did look a little better. It did. It looked smoother. It looked more cartoony a little bit. But they're both just fucking awesome games. Dude, same for the Lion King game. The Lion King game mm-hmm. was also awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, I just remember like, especially the Aladdin one. It's like it really captured the animation style of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and again, all the like settings and scenery and soundtrack and everything. That was really good. Yeah. I don't know if this one counts, but it's related. Kingdom Hearts. Because Kingdom Hearts is, okay. of course, yeah. not a movie itself. But each of the levels is a Disney movie. I have meant to play that game forever. I actually even have... I have the game and I have the strategy guide. Oh, yeah? I you don't even it. remember... You gotta play it. It's fun. Where I got them. But if, I mean, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, it's, it's yeah, fun. Um, it's, it's, of course, like... You know, a little silly because it's Disney characters interacting with Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, and it's, Sephiroth it, and Donald Duck. And you're beating the shit out of people with a key. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've always heard that those games are really fucking good, yeah. man. I need to check that out sometime. Um, what about like another property that got turned into a game that we played the shit out of? Like, let's say a K-Rate Kid. <laughs> Karate Kid. That NES, game. dude. Also, uh, too, by the way, I, I'm sure that like 
if there's anybody around, you know, 20 or under that's listening to this, they're, they're sitting like, here going, what like, are you t- there's so what? many great games that have come out, I'm sure. Yeah, no, we're and, talking about, like, dudes that played a lot of video games when we were kids in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, our perspective is maybe a little limited. I'm sure we're well, missing a lot of really great ones. <laughs> it's also because, like, I I still play a lot of games. It's also that like you don't get a ton of movie adapted into video game type of things anymore. It's always gonna be a little bit more of like they're they're trying to do fa- so. Like right now, I'm playing uh, Marvel's The Avengers mm-hmm. on Xbox. Yeah. Um, and it definitely does some like fan service to MCU fans, but it's not a, it's not the MCU Avengers in a game. Sure. And I think that comes from so many of us grew up on these cheap, like quick, terrible adaptations of movies to video games that we are all kind of a little weary of them. Yeah, like, totally. We're, like if you I've tell been burnt before. Yeah, I've been burnt so many times before. Roddy Kid, for instance. <laughs> I've been burnt so many times before that I'm less likely to go in for an adaptation game. Though I know that like the uh, the Lord of the Rings games on PlayStation, Fuck people yeah. were really into. I yeah, know that cool like the Amazing Spider-Man I've video heard people game love that liked. shit, man. Um, Not the PlayStation original one. That was fucking terrible. No. Yeah. But yeah, there there's so many like adaptation games that are more recent. But yeah, the ones we know are we owed. We're old. We owed, <laughs> yeah. man. That Karate Kid game, man. You got to catch the the fly with the chopsticks. I was literally about to ask you yeah. if you remember one thing from that game. What is it? That's it's it. Got to be fucking catching. Which the was just like a mini game in yeah. the game. Yeah. And it was so goddamn hard. The play Impossible. controls in the game yeah. were awful yeah awful dude yeah because like you're moving the hand with the like up and down and left right arrow it didn't seem to make a lot of sense yeah and it yeah it just moved so weird it's like put, hit a button and he'll move somewhere yeah good luck <laughs> and the thing is too because like you look back there are games like uh ninja gaiden oh yeah uh and there are other like karate based games shinobi. for the nintendo shinobi yeah like sega and Sega, yeah, there were so many like ninja-based games and karate-based games at that time that are good. Yeah, like were fun. Like, and Karate Kid, like all they had to do was just maybe take a game and reskin it as Karate Kid, much, and it would have right. been better. <laughs> I had uh, speaking of like shitty karate games, there was this one game that I had when I was a kid that like I kind of made myself get obsessed with, called The Wrath of the Black Manta. The Wrath? I have not heard of this one. I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's what something that like, I got when I was a kid because I love Ninja Gaiden. Or uh-huh. Gaiden. I always said Ninja Gaiden. I think it's supposed to be Gaiden. But I think it's supposed to be Gaiden. Okay. What's so, a Gaiden anyway? I This is one of those things because we also said Gaiden. I've yeah. just he- heard everyone else say Gaiden, so I've Who adapted. Who I, I wonder if like that was like a Southern thing where we just read it that way. Or, I don't like, know. Like what... what what is, is, what is a G-A-I-D-E-N? What is it? What I is that? Know. I don't know. I've never even questioned it before It's a ninja now. that grabs a wall. Yeah, he does yeah. do that mm-hmm. quite frequently. Or has that like sword that shoots out Yeah, for some reason. God, I love those games. Yeah, so they're really fun. fucking hard, yeah. man. But I was obsessed Impossible. with those games, so I got this Wrath of the Black Manta because I was like, also a ninja game. Go on YouTube and just look up footage of it. It's the dumbest piece of fucking shit game ever okay it's so bad it's totally like wish.com right uh, ninja gaiden gotcha you know? it's horrible but like i kind of made myself get into it because i was like 
I got this for my birthday and it was like $50. Yeah. That was the worst back in the day because your parents, like, it was like they wouldn't listen to you about the video game you wanted. They would just buy the thing they think you would want. And and it's not even close. And they spent 50 bucks on it in 1980s dollars. Yeah. And you're not getting another fucking game. (laughs) Nope. Not till next year. You're not. Maybe till Christmas. It was the worst. Yeah. Not the best design. Again, hard mode. 80s childhood. And then you also, like, because of the limitations, you learn to, like, try to like certain games. Dude, that's exactly what I did with this game. And that's what I did with fucking Karate Kid, too. I got Karate Kid at a yard sale, so it actually didn't cost that much money. Well, that's good. I beat that fucking game. Fuck yeah. I beat it. Awesome. And you're talking about a game where, like, you have to learn how to time the controls because, like, you'd hit the jump button, then, like, three quarters of a second later, you do jumps. Uh, and it has platforming elements. It's fucking impossible. Uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, but I still got into it, and I goddamn did it. Um, Built character and high blood pressure. What are, what are good? I mean, you've played the Ghostbusters game, and I've watched the playthrough, and as yes. I've said, I do want to play that. It looks awesome. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It, is, it is seriously just an absolute joy to mm. play. And part of that is because it is so logically built into the Ghostbusters universe where it's like you're kind of a new recruit, a new recruit right, yeah. into the Ghostbusters. And it's the it's the Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's fucking Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd yeah, it's and, all and everybody. Yeah. It's like everybody is there doing the voice cast and they're like talking to you like, hey, new guy, come over here, do this. But mm-hmm. it's Bill Murray saying it and yeah. stuff. It's really fucking cool. And it's kind of like built into parts of the first two movies where, like, you yeah. go into the library. You right. fucking bust that you Because Slimer gets out. Yeah, I saw this, like, beginning bit. Slimer gets out and goes back to the uh, hotel he was in. Exactly. So that's, like, the opening sort of tutorial thing yeah. is you going back to that hotel. And you get to, like, wreck that dining room that yeah. he's in and stuff. Like, there's so many things that are straight out of the movie where you're like, wow, they really did capture the look and feel of that environment while adding a new story to it yeah Yeah. and then like there's also parts in there that jump into ghostbusters 2 and then there's also levels later on that like aren't in either of the movies but seem logically placed where you're like wow this could have been a third ghostbusters movie like whoever was the script writer for that game it was dan Aykroyd and and harold ramus they wrote the game yeah they wrote the game well Uh no wonder so goddamn good then yeah that that's uh that's like when I I was reading that and then started watching it and seeing how much it just felt like a third Ghostbusters. That's what made me be like, oh, I'm going to buy this and play it for sure. Yep. That's yeah. exactly what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like a third Ghostbusters. I it think- is really fun. And it's also got all the original soundtrack stuff, which as I'll talk about in the movie review is one of my favorite parts of the fucking movie. Yeah. So you're constantly getting hit with like all these beats from the fucking movies. It's so good, man. A lot of fun to play. Yeah. Looks rad. I think... uh yeah, more recent adaptations are more like what I, you know, like uh, you got the Star Wars games that that have come out, like Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that, that are like extensions of the universe, yeah. but they're not like the adaptation of the movie itself. Same with like uh, uh, Shadow of Mordor, which uh-huh. is, yeah. um, it uses lore from the books, but also uses stuff from the movies. So cool. it's kind of like this hybrid, like, ex- uh, like, continuation or i guess like yeah an extension of the universe a little bit that's a fun ass game i really enjoy that game now what about the star wars games for the super nintendo i remember return of the jedi and shit like that yeah they weren't good they are not good they They were all basically the same game like 
typically, you know, with games when we were kids, it's like as the the series would progress, it's like the graphics would get better. There'd be new things added to the game. Yeah. All those like Star Wars games that came out, it was all the same game. Yeah. Just bad platformer, basically. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible, man. And mm -hmm. so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. It was just so damn difficult and like not fun. That's, again, one that I remember as a kid renting and being like, I have this for the whole weekend. Oh, that was the I worst. Yeah, dude. It's like, <laughs> this was my plans for the weekend yeah. and it sucks. Yeah. That was just the absolute worst, especially if you have like friends over and you're in a oh. game and it's like, what'd you get this week? Oh, Star Wars. It's not very good. <laughs> it sucks. But Sorry. I'm trying to get into yeah. it. Yeah. I found some codes online so I could get like unlimited thermal detonators and just kill okay. the shit out of everything. Well, that helped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still just really shitty. Yeah, it is. Not good whatsoever. But still better than, okay, a game that's based on a game that became a movie that became a game. Okay. I'm talking about Street Fighter, the movie, the game, the game. <laughs> Holy I fucking shit. I never played this, but uh, how did this get played? Uh, uh, another podcast. I guess they exist. Huh. Uh, they Curious. covered it probably last year and just hearing them talk it was like they did the motion capture thing from mortal Kombat, yes, right they did yes it was all like the actors so it was like fucking raul julia and john claude van damme <laughs> and shit on screen <laughs> like very badly motion captured so right. it was like really grainy and pixely and stuff it just seemed like the dumbest thing ever because it yeah. was essentially street fighter mortal combating yeah, and you're adapting the game that's an adaptation of an extremely popular game. An extremely excellent genre-defining game. A game that you can play today and the controls still, still feel great. Super could, balanced. Every yeah, character kicks Everything ass. looks awesome. It's wonderful. Then they made a movie of it that everybody hated because it was stupid as shit. And then they made a game of that movie. <laughs> Why? Why did they do that? I'll tell you where I played it. I played it in the lobby of the Morristown Walmart. Oh, yeah? They had it there. Yeah. Wow. That and a handful How'd of other arcade games. I remember that's also the first place I, I played Killer Instinct. Okay. See, I wasn't allowed to go to the arcade when I was a kid. Right, because that's evil. That's where the Satan is. Yeah, Satan, he hangs out there. You were allowed to go to the arcade, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you also knew kids like me that were not allowed to go to the arcade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wasn't I allowed to go to the arcade? I don't know. We never really understood that. We had a friend named Raymond whose parents wouldn't let him watch uh, TV yeah. or play video games. Yeah. And it was the weirdest I thing. I mean, that's pretty extreme right it there. It is very extreme. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't allowed to go to the arcade because I don't know why. Yeah. Was, well, Satan will get you there. I guess so. Yeah. He that's, hung out That's there. how he works. Uh, but yeah, I did play that there. Also played the Killer Instinct arcade game in the Walmart lobby. Yeah, so that was like my arcade experience. Is like Walmart lobbies. Also the Big Lots lobby in Jefferson City. <laughs> the Big Lots Dude, in Jefferson City. Okay, you laugh, but get this. I remember they, they had, had Samurai games. Showdown. They did. They like did. they had a Neo Geo cabinet in there. Uh -huh. What the fuck at a Big Lots? And Big Lots when we were kids is not like Big Lots now. No, Big Lots. Yeah, it was like. It was like some trash they had found out back, and now they were selling it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like a bunch of stuff that fell off of trucks or was pilfered from other dumpsters. Yeah. And then they just sold it to poor people. Do you remember it was also called Odd Lots? Odd Lots? Yeah. I thought that was a separate chain. <laughs> I think it was. I think it may have been, and then Big Lots bought them. 
but there was also odd lots. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What? I hated going to those places when I was a kid. Yeah, it was the worst. It really was. Except they had the dope arcades. They did, apparently. A Neo Geo cabinet. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you another a fucking dope movie property I played in the arcades. That goddamn T2. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Dude. Mm-hmm. It was like a shooter. Yeah. It, it was, was really fun. fucking awesome, yeah. man. It was kind of like... I think mainly a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, and you right. just had like T1000s like popping up, right. and T100s and, and all pow, that pow, stuff. Pow. Yeah. And there was also that uh, Super NES adaptation where you had like the, the like bazooka gun thing. You remember that thing for Super Nintendo? I do Nintendo? remember the SNES I never owned version. one. I yeah. I the it, it came. Uh, what was the scope name? Yeah, the Super, Super scope. scope. That's yeah, what it was that called. Was it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the T2 game was pretty awesome. Yeah. From what I recall, I actually never really got like that into shooters yeah i'm not a big fan of them but, but i did like that one that one was fun in particular yeah pretty damn cool one um definitely better than like let's say maybe something like moonwalker <laughs> remember pizza hut in jefferson city had the moonwalker cabinet okay pizza hut had it yeah we weren't pizza hut people oh no when i was a kid never went to a pizza hut ever so you didn't get like a little land before time puppet or okay wait did you have one? I might have got it at were a yard a, sale. Okay. There we go. I was going to say, were you a secret Pizza Hut person? Because I did have a Land Before Time. So, okay. Now that I think about it, it was probably one of those deals where I either got it at a yard sale. Or somebody's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was the kind of thing where I was like, Mom, they got the Land Before Time presents with the pizzas. <laughs> we got to get it. So it might have been a special I occasion. Might have been that. Because yeah. I fucking loved the Land Before Time. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Kid, man. Yep. Love that shit. So maybe I got it from there. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't go to a Pizza Hut when I was a kid at all. I played Moonwalker at another pizza establishment, Rendezvous Pizza in Talbot, Tennessee. Rendezvous. Uh-huh. Wow. Which is okay. also a place I didn't go to when I was a kid. <laughs> I went with my friend Patrick Brooks, who's the kid that I've talked about on the show that uh, I reconnected with like years ago, and uh-huh. he reminded me of my Swamp Thing obsession when I was a kid. Oh, right. Are we talking about that? <laughs> yes, I do. I went there with Patrick's family. We didn't go to Rendezvous because they served beer. beer. I remember. Yeah. That was like a big thing. It was a too. big deal. It was like seedy in it our was. town. It was considered Trashy. seedy that they sold beer and at dude, a pizza place. Nowadays, it's just, you know, stuff like this reminds me of like, oh, actually, things have changed quite a lot in our yeah. lifetime. Yeah. Where, you know, again, like in our town where we grew up in the 80s, a place serving beer meant it was a place of ill repute. Yep. They also had pool there. Yeah, pool they and did. beer. Like, that's up to no good. Yep. Nowadays, if you go to a restaurant anywhere and they don't have beer, you're like, uh, are they Muslim? Like, why is, yeah, there not, why, is this an Amish no restaurant? Alcohol. Yeah. Also, if I go to a restaurant and there's no pool table, I get pissed. Oh, I'm fucking done. So I'm pissed all the time. Yeah. Because where the hell do they have a pool table? (laughs) Fucking pho restaurants. Oh, really? That would be amazing. Vita Saigon has pool tables, They have a pool table? What the fuck? Okay. tables. I'm excited. I'm interested in this. That's kind of the classic Vietnamese restaurant setup. It's Uh it's a pool hall, but it also has food. My uh, my grandmother's restaurant had a pool table in the back, and it was CD. (laughs) My grandmother's restaurant in the front, it was like just... Old people coming to get breakfast. In the back, illegal gambling. No shit. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's how they kept the restaurant running. No Wasn't way. Wasn't selling breakfast. <laughs> I, you know what? I always kind of wondered. I didn't yeah. know you back then, but yeah. I, I knew of that restaurant back yeah. then. And I was just like, how do they keep the doors open here? Illegal gambling, that's how. 
Yep. It's all coming together. Now. It is. Uh, so yeah, we used to play pool. hard ass. We used to play pool back there while people were gambling. It was fun. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the Moonwalker game, piece of shit. Yeah, it really was. But it did have like the the like screen clearing dance thing Hell he yeah, did, dude. which was pretty cool. I've never seen the Moonwalker movie. Does it exist? Yeah. Wasn't it Coppola that made it? No. It is like cocaine fueled insanity obviously i'm sure that it is yeah i remember moonwalker had this bizarre like three quarters top down perspective like Uh it wasn't a side scroller like final fight or something like that it was like three quarter perspective yeah just awkward was very awkward yeah (laughs) not great man um also, there's like a Back to the Future game that we played when we were kids. Oh, it was terrible. That was just really The rough. Nintendo game, uh, the Back to the Future Nintendo game was so bad. Like there was, you would go into um, the, basically the, the diner he goes into in the movie and you had to, th- like from the counter, you had to throw milkshakes at the bully. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. That was easy. Sure. The controls were terrible. Of course. Anytime you were skating, it was the worst. <laughs> it just made no sense also as a game. It was just like, what is this? I, I, I get that it's supposed to be Back to the Future. That's like, that's it? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, There's also like the Batman the movie game for NES, but it didn't really follow the movie no. necessarily. No, it didn't. That was impossible. Yes, it was. I don't think I ever got past the first one. No, level. I remember playing it a good bit, but not enjoying it at all. <laughs> I've got a couple heavy hitters I want to mention Okay, here. let's hear the heavy hitters. I got two more that I think are just legit fucking awesome. Okay. As a young man, I played plenty of the Die Hard Trilogy game for PlayStation. I, hear, I have heard about this. I heard that it's good. Dude, it's ridiculous and so fucking unnecessarily brutal. Like, oh, yeah? It is insanely gory. Okay. For no particular reason. Because it's not like Die Hard is known for being brutal no. and gory. <laughs> The cool thing about it is it's three games in one, and usually that's a recipe for disaster with right. those old school games. Because like you had Die Hard, which was kind of a kind of a three D beat 'em up. You're going through Nakatomi Plaza, okay. beating up the bad guys and stuff, shooting them, blood just going fucking everywhere. Right. Uh, I can't remember the order. I think okay, Die Hard Two, I believe, is a uh, auto scrolling shooter. Okay. Where it starts off and you're like in the airport. Right. And there's like terrorists, and it is so fucking gory. It's great. And it's got all kinds of like lines from the movie where you get like a machine gun and he goes, ho, 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 I got a machine gun. <laughs> I I hadn't seen the movies at this point either. So you're just you're just like, oh, okay, this is He's just, got a machine gun. That's how that's how you would announce that. I guess so. Were you to get a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh the third one was like it was almost like uh what was that game for Dream Dreamcast? Taxi, I think it was called. Okay. Taxi driver. Taxi driver. Taxi driver. Where it's like a timed thing where you're driving a taxi okay. and you got to get to this place and this place and this place to like disarm bombs in time. But all the all the while you're like mowing down pedestrians and, and it's, it's gory. Just fucking gory. <laughs> like I it was who so made that brutal. Decision. I, I, it had to have been whoever made the decision. It was in the first game, and then everybody beyond that was like, "Well, we got to make it gory as fuck." Right. Duh. Like the movies aren't. <laughs> yeah. What the, just who who saw Die Hard and was like gore? Obviously, that's what people are here for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it is a really fun game. That's awesome. We got to talk about the Crown Jewel, okay. the undisputed unilateral heavyweight champ. Okay. 
of movie games, especially for people that are our age. It's true. What do you know about one golden eye for the Nintendo 64 home console system? I know I uh, got my ass kicked in it constantly. And Probably by some asshole playing Odd Job. <laughs> you know he's what? Like little, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know any of the strategies either. So yeah, that was one of the things. Uh, but also, like, it turned me off of shooter games for a long time because I just thought I, I could not figure out d- dual plane. Like movement, like moving your your eye while also moving your body. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It fucked me up, and like, and you'd be playing with a group of people because that was the attraction of Goldeneye, right? Four player, man. Four player deathmatch, dude. Four player deathmatch. You'd be playing with a group of people, and uh, I don't know if you know about teenagers in the '90s, but they were dickheads. <laughs> Especially not boys, though, right? Oh yeah, no these boys these boys I knew were dickheads. What, were they so, competitive or something? Very. So uh, I hated that game, and what? I never got into it. I've never played any of the missions. I'm so sad for your childhood. Ah, it's okay. I'll tell you though, like <laughs> I, I'm not much of a first person shooter guy. Yeah, I, I became Doom, one later. You know, yeah. I played a lot of Doom when I was a kid. But, like, Goldeneye was one of those ones that, you know, I never had an N64, mm-hmm. but a lot of my friends did, and right. I'd go to their place, and we'd play it. Uh, Kate's family had an N64, so I played a awesome. lot of it over there. And, dude, like, the entire novelty, you got to understand, man. Like, Oh, yeah, it was completely different than anything we'd done up to that point. Yeah. Four, four people, people getting to play. On the screen at yeah. the same time. Isn't it also unbelievable that most of us were doing that on like a screen the size of like a microwave? So tiny, and it's cut up into four screens. Into quadrants. Yeah. So you're playing this on a 13-inch TV cut into quarters. That may have had a lot to do with me not being able to get my bearings in that game. It was just like, I know the screen we were playing on was small. And I could not figure out motion at all. And it also was one of those things where I was like, I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to be looking at. And well, I guess, yeah. and also it really did, it, there was an advantage to having actually played the game. Like I didn't own the game and play like through the levels. Mm-hmm. So like you'd be playing against people who've played the game and know the levels and stuff. And then you're just like, I keep running into walls. <laughs> I'm stuck in a corner somewhere. Yeah. I, did, I mean, yeah, no, I eventually became very much into first-person shooters and then uh, dropped them almost entirely because they make me so fucking competitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played Halo and Call of Duty a lot in college and uh, eventually just was like, I don't like who I am when I play these games. <laughs> this makes me mad Damn, and bad. Dude. And, uh, and, and bad to know. Yeah. Yeah. You're better Rude for and it. crude and full of attitude. Oh, look out. Me, like like Raphael. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Did That's right. Say I, damn? Said damn. Damn. I said damn. I said damn. Went all the way there. Yeah. Dude, I think it's rare to meet anybody in our age group that doesn't have fond memories oh, of yeah. playing that game. Well, yeah, because like, you had the parties, right? You, like That was so common. It would be like, we're all going to play uh, GoldenEye and eat pizza or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was usually fun if you're playing with a bunch of people that were at your level where it's like none of us are really that good at this. Ha, that I was all you. that was always or, better. Whoops, I dropped a grenade and blew all of us yeah. up or whatever. Or if you played slaps. Yeah, slaps only. Yeah. yeah. Or like only golden guns, mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Playing up in the stacks in the library. Sure. All that jazz. But yeah, I, I get that because every now and then we'd get together with a bunch of people and there'd be the one guy that was just like a fucking sharpshooter. And it got less so annoying. It got less fun then. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm sure this is fun for you. Yeah. Not anyone else. Not really. Yeah. But dude, I, I do have fond memories of that game. And I did play a little bit of the, the single player like campaign thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being pretty cool and capturing some of the cinematic vibe of the Ooh. Pierce Brosnan original, which you're a big fan of. I've never seen any Bond movie that does not star Daniel Craig. That's so crazy, dude. Never. I've watched parts of them. I saw one where there was, they were in an ice hotel and there was an invisible car. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, man. I saw parts With of Halle that. With Halle Berry. Uh-huh. There was a Halle okay. Berry in there. That one is, is just <laughs> atrocious. That is a yes, horrible, it was. horrible, horrible movie. It was. I, I think that's... Is that The World's Not Enough, I think? Who knows? Is it Tomorrow is that Never the, Dies? I can't remember. Is, uh, it all was it the one that has the Madonna song that uh, just decided to not have a beat. Probably die another day. <laughs> die <laughs> another day. <laughs> what was that song? Bad. It was real bad, and they played bad. it on the radio a lot. I gotta say, the Daniel Craig movies are the best ones. They are. They're the least. Silly, but I've not seen all of them, so I can't say that with one hundred. They're also silly. not that great. I just don't. I'm not a Bond fan. I guess is is my thing. Okay, confession. I I'm also not classically a huge Bond guy. Yeah, like I've watched some of the classics, like like um, Moonraker and okay. and stuff like that. Like I've seen some of those. And so like, on that one, fine. they're just raking the moon. Pretty much, it's like a Zen garden up there. Oh, okay. Very relaxing. Well, that sounds like a pretty good movie. Though. Very soothing. I'll have to check that not out. Not exactly exciting. <laughs> But it is calming. Just, just the whole time, it's just Sean Connery just raking a movie. It's an ASMR movie. <laughs> I could get into he that. He puts his honestly. fingernails on the rake. Oh, no, None I wouldn't be. That, None of that, yeah. <laughs> please, not that, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually not a huge Bond guy either. Yeah. But I do like the Daniel Craig ones. I've not seen the new one yet. Oh, I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly. Even with the Daniel Craig ones, I think Casino Royale is probably the only one that's really good. It's pretty dope, man. It is awesome. It's pretty though. fucking yeah. good. Tell you that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of really epic ones that we are too old to have played. Yeah. So let us know about it over on the Facebook group, uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely pod. Hang and on over there or any of our social media. Just let us know what games we need to be checking out that are adaptations from movies. Y'all ever played Tomb Raider? <laughs> they made it based off the movie. You maybe you seen that movie with Angelina Jolie? Uh huh. They, they gave made a her game out of they it. They gave her pyramid boobies. Yeah, they did. They was that was real pointy. <laughs> you remember though back nude in the, code. Yeah, but remember back the in the day though where it was just like, whoa, she's whoa. got boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Man, men are simple. We really we are. are. Simple organisms. You could just like take a piece of paper and turn it into a cone and call it a boob. And oh, like five boobs. out of six uh, straight men would be like, okay, yeah. yeah. Boner town. 
The sixth one was on his phone. That's why he didn't notice. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> looking at boobs. Well, I was going to say, clearly he was looking at non-conical boobs. Yeah. I get it, man. A simple creature we are. We are. Pretty it's much. true. Uh, but yeah, let us know about your favorites that we missed on the uh, on the Facebook page and stuff. Hang out with us on Instagrams, all that good stuff. Yeah. Hang out with us. And also, let's talk about some Gersberger. It's time to get to Boast Gusters. But I think before it is, Let it's time to fucking beer get, ourselves. Get to Beer Busters. We haven't had enough 15% beer so yeah, far. Yeah, let's have some more 15% beer. Let's have another 15%er here from Burial. This one is called... Oh, okay. Brace yourself. I'm ready. Make up a fake burial name real quick, and let's see how it compares. Uh, the terminal silence of the universe. That legit sounds like a burial beer. Yeah. And it is not far from this. <laughs> a subtle explanation of fate's role in nothing. What the fuck, Nate? It's a beer. <laughs> Get I off your high horse, Burial. I wonder if the like their their brewmaster just has a book of his high school poetry and he just picked out. Oh my god, lines. right? Yeah. It really does sound like <laughs> it. This one right here is a Imperial Stout with pecans. Pecans. Peanut butter. Mm. Coconut. Maple. Okay. Vanilla bean. All right. And mm, cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. Mm, cocoa butter. The touch. The feel cotton, the This is an Aaron Neville reference, in case you don't know who Aaron Neville is. Youngin. Youngin. Go on, get out of here. <laughs> I always imagine they recorded Aaron Neville's vocals in front of like a large like oscillating fan yeah. that was like chopping off every word that he said. He actually sings like the touch, the feel of cotton. It but it's coming. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. If his vibrato game is that deep in life, uh-huh. what is the ghost of Aaron Neville going to sound like? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, it's going to be like. <laughs> it's going to be so deep. It's you basically guys non-existent. Like, you guys hear? Was I that? might have heard something, but it was yeah. just like little. What if he goes the other bombs. way and he's like, hey, it's me, the ghost of Aaron Neville. It's the ghost of... It's just like sonorous, <laughs> fucking deep, man. Let's find out about this guy right here. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different lot elements of in this. Coconut, peanut butter. Like, yeah. did they, I have a feeling they just kind of like swept the counters off at the end of the day and whatever ended up there ended up there. And it's then they brewed a, it and they were like, eh, pretty good. Yeah, Might as well it. bottle it. Might as well sell it. <laughs> go, go get your book of high school poetry so we can name this shit. I don't think that we draw enough attention and importance to Aaron Neville's face tattoos. Mike Tyson came out with a face tattoo. People acted like it was the first time anybody's ever got their face Aaron inked. Neville had that face tattoo for years before that. And was completely non-threatening. Like, yeah. Mike Tyson did it, and we're like, God, he's fucking lost his mind. Aaron Neville did it, and we were all like, oh, my grandmother loves him. Yeah. What? Yeah. You've seen that motherfucker live, even. I have. I saw him at, yeah, I saw him at Monterey. They were great. The Neville Brothers were fucking awesome. It was one of the uh, better shows I saw there. No shit. Definitely better than Elvis Costello, but I'm not a big Elvis Costello fan. Peace, nothing. Understand. Yeah. I'm just, I don't care. Dude, <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. David Lee Roth, man, he fucking nailed it. Music critics love Elvis Costello because they look like Elvis Costello. Yeah, that was probably it. Yeah, I, I never I, been a fan. I tried so hard too because that was one of those things you'd see in Rolling Stone, like Elvis Costello's new album, five stars or whatever, and then you listen to it and you're like, just sounds like a whiny British guy. Yeah, and it that's what he, yeah, yeah, that's, pretty that's much it. it. <laughs> so you saw him at Bonnaroo? 
Yeah, I saw him at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. That's Before be... Beck, which was like, oh, wow. poor him. Followed by Beck, he was immediately forgotten. Bless even him. by people, because Beck's show was so fucking good. Yeah. He's great. Was yeah. that like Sex Laws era? Uh, Yeah, around then. Uh-huh. What was yeah. it called? Midnight, Midnight something or another. He had made a video, too. Like He had this video of uh, like puppet Beck at Bonnaroo so it was like what? his it was a puppet of him like going around to different tents and stuff at Bonnaroo it was it was pretty funny that's pretty dope man yep he also had a hype man oh who was just a skinny white dude dancing there's not enough hype men these days right I'll tell you that man <laughs> I mean it had to be better than fucking uh, what's it that just happened Astro oh shit Astro World Astro Fest Astro World yeah Fuck. Jesus Christ man yeah. I'll tell you this, though. So I, I read the news about it, which is obviously uh, extremely tragic and fucking yeah. unnecessary for sure. any of this stuff to have happened. Right. And uh, I was like, what is this festival and who are these people? Okay. Cause Travis like, Scott and... and, and uh, I don't know any of them, dude. You don't know Travis Scott? Okay. No, I don't know any of them. Okay. But I did say one of the funnier things I've said in a long time, because mm-hmm. um, I was trying to explain this to Kate. I was like, I looked up this thing, and I was like looking at the artists, and I was like, all the artists are like fucking, yeah, with Travis Scott. Travis Scott, he's the headliner. And I was like, sure. and then yeah. there's all these rappers with names like like Little Skittle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little Skittle. <laughs> Which made sense to me at the time, and then I was like, I sound like a parent talking yep. about what they think rappers are called. <laughs> yeah. Lil Skittle? Lil Skittle. By the way, somebody. Lil, Lil Skittle's not a bad, like, if anybody, good. Out, if somebody out there with a face tattoo like Aaron Neville wants to start a SoundCloud uh, and call himself Lil Skittle, go for it. Give us 10% because you heard it here first. Yeah, but you better have a face tattoo. Lil if you Skittle. don't have a face tattoo, you cannot be Lil Skittle. And it's a face tattoo of our logo. Yep. <laughs> obviously obviously you know uh-huh. what's this beer doing to you okay so i did get a taste of this and um one tastes like pecan pie or pecan pie or pecan pie oh it does uh-huh. so i th- don't taste all that other stuff though no i don't either so the thing about this that is nice is earlier this week i had a pecan pie porter okay from clown shoes Oh, I like a clown shoe. Clown shoes usually make some really slapping stuff. Uh-huh. This is not very good. Oh, no. The majority of it went down the sank, honestly. Oh. Tasted nothing like pecan pie oh. at all. It just tasted like any generic porter. Wasn't very good. This is interesting. The aftertaste is crazy. Yeah, there's like, I am getting some of the coconut, but it, it mostly tastes like pecan pie, but there is some coconut in there. It has that treacle, yeah, you know, the interior of a pecan pie kind right. of flavor. What else was in there? Cocoa butter and... Yeah, cocoa butter and vanilla bean, coconut, peanut butter? Peanut butter. I do not taste peanut butter. Peanut butter is such a dominant flavor. Yeah, you would think it would be there. It's not really there to me. Mm-hmm. Same with the coffee. It said coffee mm-hmm. was in here. Don't really taste that. Not really. No. It's quite sweet. It's not like... Despite the fact that we're not tasting the individual element, it is good. It's just a little weird. It I, is. I kind of taste the peanut butter now because I taste something salty. I wonder how much of this is the power of suggestion. You know, where it's like, I <laughs> yeah. don't know if I'd be tasting coconut if I hadn't read that it was supposed to have a coconut this flavor. This is actually uh, cat piss. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it right there, man. This is interesting, I got to say. Yeah. It's kind of an odd one. Also deceptively smooth for 15 percent. oh yeah for sure it, it it tastes like 
a, a dessert kind of it, yeah. it has like a real as you said it's sweet it's 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 not like cloyingly sweet cloyingly <laughs> sweet but it is it is a it is a desserty taste very much so yeah. man yeah burial fucks around man mm-hmm. and so does the subject of this episode <laughs> them boast gusters boast gusters uh-huh. man augustin makes me feel boast i'll tell you that man yeah what a fucking movie this yeah. is one of those ones that i as I said earlier, I literally don't know the first time that I saw this movie. It's just kind of always been there with me. Yeah, because it came out when I was a, like... Uh, 84, right? I was two by, when this came out. I turned probably... I was three or four when I saw it the first time, so I don't even remember, uh-uh. just as you said. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, this came out in 84, right? Yeah, 84. So it was the year I was born. The year you were born. So I really don't know the first time that I saw this movie. But no. as a kid... I like Ghostbusters 2 better. Yeah. Um, I remember having uh, an affinity to Ghostbusters 2 as well, and I think it's because they showed it a lot when we were old enough to know what we were watching. Yeah. Because I remember when I saw Ghostbusters, I think when I was 19, it was the first time I had seen the first Ghostbusters and really like recognized it as a film because, as you said, I had always known it. So it was just always there, and it like my brain had not processed this is a movie. And I was 19, and I was sitting there watching it, and all the stuff was hitting me where I was like, Keymaster, Zool, go. Like, I don't remember any of this shit. All totally. I remember was like wacky jokes and stuff. Slimer. Like, yeah. Stay puffed. Yeah. The stuff that like started sticking out to me suddenly was like, oh, this movie's got some weirdness to it. Um, and it made me like, it like rejuvenated my love for it where I was like, Oh, like I've always seen it from a kid's perspective and now I'm getting more of an adult perspective on it and seeing like the comedy uh, outside of the of Slimer. I guess that's really the thing that kids were kind of attracted to was Slimer and like the you know, the sillier moments. But it's full of really great humor and funny jokes. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. I think I liked two better when I was a kid because the painting there was a big ass painting in it, and okay. I loved the arts when yeah. I was a, a young man, and still do. The effects are good. Oh, the effects in it are fucking I mean, I rewatched awesome, it, and uh, yeah, no complaints about the effect. No, huh? I mean, the story—it's cheesy as hell. Doesn't make <laughs> a lot of sense. No, it's at, a real cheesy. It's like it really is just like. Remember the first one? Remember how much fun you had? It was fun, right? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of the reason I liked it better, too, is because, honestly, unlike this one, the big bad is in the whole movie. That's, yeah, this is, we'll, yeah, we'll get into this, but this, the storytelling in this, it's clear that there were rushed production issues to me. For sure. Yeah. For Whereas, sure, man. Yeah, the second one is a much more, like, coherent story. It kind of is. Yeah. And then at the same time, it kind of isn't, because there's so many things where it's like, Nobody remembers that time that Ghost took over the whole city. Yeah, which was in the movie like four years earlier or five yeah, years earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's also just like, uh, now, uh, fuck, what's her name? Annie Potts. Oh, yeah, Annie Potts, who was obviously interested in Egon. Obviously. Is now into into Lewis. Yeah. Because they were like, well, she wears They're glasses, nerds. so she's a nerd. So they're nerds together. and in But love. not Egon. He's not a nerd. But also, he is. Also, Dana Barrett, she played the cello before. Now she restores painting because <laughs> yeah. the arts. Yeah. 
They're both arts, so you can probably adapt your skills. What? Yeah, so that, that yeah, part two, I think in rewatching it, what I did remember was it is still fun. Yeah. And I get why I liked it so much as a kid, and I still like it, but... There's scary shit in that second one, too, man. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Like, man, that scene where that, that like, ghost comes and gets the baby with mm-hmm. those, like, long-ass arms and... Yeah, and they're, like, out on that ledge and shit. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, that, that definitely, as a kid, scared the shit out of me. But in this one, yeah, you do start to, like, when you start to look at it critically... And, you know, I'll go ahead and blow my wad here. Look out. And let you know, no matter what I say about this critically, I think this is a 10. It's hard I think for this, it not to be. This man. movie is a 10. Yeah. But, this is the most critically I've ever yeah. watched this movie, and it's because obviously we're doing a podcast right. on it. And I did notice things where I was like, wait. Yeah. Hang on. Wait. What? Yeah. So in But the, it is a 10. It is a 10. In the production, basically, Dan Aykroyd's original script was set on Mars- Oh, okay. And the Ghostbusters were more like exterminators. It was right. just like a, a blue-collar job. And the the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man apparently in his script appeared on like page 20. So it was like a, a looming threat throughout the movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, whereas in this, it's like the end thing. Because that's such a silly thing. If you introduce it early, it would be a weird movie. Totally. Um. So basically... Dan Aykroyd had this script, um, wanted to get it made, brought on Ivan Reitman as director who had done, you know, Meatballs and and Stripes before this, and they uh, were trying to figure out the script, and they were like, hey, you know what, why don't we call Harold, Harold Ramis, who, you know, had been in Stripes and, you know, had worked with Bill Murray, who they wanted to be in the movie, uh well no not at that time they didn't want him to be in the movie but we'll get to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, some things that happened he had been writing the script with John Belushi in mind uh John Belushi him and Eddie Murphy big old would, SNL cast yeah man. that would have been but while he was writing the script John Belushi died so by the point that they got to Harold Ramis of course they were already they had already slotted in Bill Murray as as the guy. So they bring in Harold Ramis to help them rewrite the script. And Harold Ramis, being smart, was like, oh, yeah, I'll rewrite the script. Also, I should be in it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, Harold fucking Ramis. yeah, good call. Yeah. We're going to have you, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis together again. Good job. Um, so they're rewriting this script to basically Ivan Reitman wanted to ground it more, take it from Mars to Earth and put it in New York City. And then... Also eliminate a lot of the like, um, the idea that they're blue collar workers. Kind of elevate them more as parapsychologists and stuff like that. So then we get what we have in the movie, which is it's got Dan Aykroyd because he he's like Dan Aykroyd. I don't know most people I think would know this if you know anything about Dan Aykroyd, but he's a real supernatural freak. Sure, he is. Yeah. He used to have, like, a supernatural show. Do you remember that? It was, like, uh-huh. fact or fiction? Or yeah, was dude. That yeah. Uh, anyway. But he's, he's, his family was, like, really into it. Yeah, his, his great-grandfather was, and... like, a, a spiritualist. And then his, his grandfather, like, invented some sort of radio technology to try to contact the dead. And then yeah. his, his dad, like, wrote a, a history of, like, spiritualism and stuff. So In like, his word, he was keeping the family business going. Yeah. 
which we saw in that really excellent episode of Movies That Made Us. On yeah, Netflix. yeah, check that out. The Movies Fantastic. That Made Us episode on Ghostbusters is great. Uh, but he, so Dan Aykroyd had provided a lot of this like good parapsychology stuff. So like a lot of like Ray's lines and Egon's lines that are like over our heads where they're talking about stuff that's like, I don't know exactly what they're saying, but we get that it's sciencey stuff. Um, so th- that was from Aykroyd, and then uh, Harold Ramis kind of was able to ground it into more of like a a group of people we could care about <laughs> yeah. rather than just ghost exterminators. And Bill Murray just brought so much char- charisma to that too, of course. And then, yeah, you bring in Bill Murray and... Apparently, almost all of his lines are improvised because um, Bill Murray. Because it's fucking Bill Murray. Uh, but yeah, you bring in you bring in Bill Murray, and you know they they know he's gonna bring comedy. Um, uh, Ivan Reitman, the director, you know, encouraged improvising, though they also had a limited number of takes because basically they took on this project with eighteen months turnaround. Like they from the time they took on the project. They had about 18 months to get it to theaters. And you're talking about a movie with hundreds of yeah. special effects shots. So much. You look at this movie now, there's so many special effects. There are huge crowd shots. Like yeah. all sorts of filming stuff. Filming in New York City. Filming in New York City, shutting down streets in New York City. Like uh-uh. all sorts of stuff that just makes you think like there's no way you could get all that turned around. And so basically... They were, yeah, they were, like, rewriting the script as they go. They, uh, Ivan Reitman was editing. Like, they would shoot for the day, then he would go edit what they shot so they could That's possibly insane. get ahead. Uh, they they knew that, like, the special effects team that they put together was um, Richard Ed- Edlund, who had worked for ILM. And On basically... Star War and everything yeah, else, yeah. yeah. And uh, Paramount, uh, is it Paramount? Yeah, Paramount, right? I think so. I believe, yeah, Paramount basically paid for Richard Edlund to start a new special effects company because they couldn't get anyone to do special effects because basically ILM was the the game in town for, you know, these sort of visual effects. So they get Richard Edlund to create this new special effects company. That's part of that 18 months. So they're creating a new special effects company to make the special effects for the movie. That's insane. It is just like a race against time in making this movie and also like figuring out kind of the story as it goes. So when you look at it critically now, it's kind of like, oh, there there's some gaps here. There's some like some story gaps and some things that just don't like don't fully meld entirely. But because I've known this movie my whole life. It still works for me. That's what's tough about yeah. it, right? That's something that I was kind of wrestling with here as I was watching it. And it's just, it's a miracle that a movie that started one place and ended up here and had so many rewrites and so many cast changes and yeah. such a tight shooting schedule. It is an absolute miracle this turned out to be as incredible as it is. Yeah. And it's all, it's all because of the cast. Yeah. But like, as I was watching this movie, you know, for the podcast and taking notes and everything really watching with a critical eye. That's something that I was kind of noticing about this is that there are actually a lot of things in here that are never really yeah. explained exactly. Or but explored entirely. Yeah. yeah. But because I've had Ghostbusters my whole life and we've learned about everything else about this universe through the action figures and the cartoons and everything yeah. else, 
It's just like, yeah, it makes sense. I got the proton packs. I got the trap system. Yeah, of course they got yeah, all that. But like in the movie, it's just like, oh, we have these. Yep. We have a trap thing. It works because it does. We used to work for a university, and now we have a trap thing. We were in jail. Now we're back out on the streets to fight the bad guys. Yep. Just go with it. <laughs> just go with it. <laughs> it has this like magic effect, though, where you do just go with it. You do. You don't care. And I think some of the, I, you know, obviously not young enough to be divorced from from it enough to look at it, you know, completely objectively. But I think that some of it is we were already sold on Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. Like mm-hmm. we were already sold on them at that point. Like they have already made comedies that we like. Yeah. And it's the three of them together. And so, kind of like, I, I remember as a kid not understanding entirely how all that happened, but also never caring. Never really caring. It's and fine. as an adult, I've never really cared. It's it, all it just like, wonder, yeah, no, these are our guys. I don't care. Like, if this movie was a bunch of no-names, yeah. would it carry us the way that it does? Like, right. would we still be watching this being like, I don't really care that some of this stuff doesn't really make sense? Yeah. I kind of doubt it. I think that these guys in this movie... There's something special about it, yeah. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. they just entirely bring you along. Because what I was noticing as I was watching it is that, you know, much in the way that, like, let's say, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, Mm -hmm. it starts and it's Peter Parker and he has spider powers. We don't need to explain it because you already know the story. You know who Spider-Man is. This is established, Yep. you know? It's the same way that, like, we don't need the next Batman to show us his parents getting killed. We talked about that recently. I hope they don't. I hope they fucking don't, because you get it. Mm -hmm. It's Batman. You know how this works. Yep. This movie kind of feels like it was made off of an already established property, except that it wasn't. Right. This was your first introduction to this, and it's just like, I don't know, keep up. You're fine. Yep. Turns out they were right, too. And that's that's part of its charm, too. It's it's like, it you... It trusts you to not need to be told. Yeah. It trusts you to not need to be explained. Like it trusts you with the information you're seeing and you will register these guys as the good guys and you'll see that what they're doing is right. And it works. Or at least it, it has worked for uh, an entire generation of people. Oh yeah. I I you know, I'm sure people out there who have kids if you've shown them this movie, let us know. Is this a movie that kids get into now? I Does feel it like still it still work, right? I feel like it would be. I feel like maybe Ghostbusters 2, though, is probably more kid friendly than this first one. It's like brighter and shinier yeah. and like less, you know, New York 80s grimy. And there's more like clear jokes because yeah. this is improv. So, like, a lot of the jokes are kind of like uh, real subtle at times. Like, I, I really love, you know, uh, for instance, when they show up at the hotel and they blast the maid cart uh, and they're like, oh, they work, you know, or whatever. And uh, they say, let's split up. And Bill Murray says, yeah, we'll do more damage that way. Like, that's like, su- that's a subtle <laughs> joke. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's not a laugh out loud. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But it's also because it's, pro- it's not written. It, I would assume it's not written. It's just something he was like, yeah, I'll say this. It'll be funny. And it is funny in the moment, and it doesn't have to have, like, lasting repercussions, just a real quick joke. That's kind of how the movie works, is a lot of real quick jokes. There are the big jokes, of course, but, like, a lot of real quick, you know, basically anything Rick Moranis says is very fucking hilarious, no matter what it is. 
Like even when he's talking about how much he paid for salmon. It's oh like, my god, dude. This is so funny. That's why I invited clients to this and not friends. And he's the best. That scene in particular, that that party scene, everything he says in in that little bit about salmon and all that stuff, one continuous shot, all improvised. It's a long take. And for it's a real? long take. Yeah. Dude, what a badass Rick Moranis <laughs> is. Come on. You can tell like this is part of the charm, I think, is like you can tell Rick Moranis' character was written as something else. Because like he talks about working out, like he's obviously like got very of low calorie mental waters back at the house. <laughs> he's I like know. obviously very <laughs> confident in talking to women. Like he just approaches Sigourney Weaver all the time. And also there's that blonde in that party he goes scene. After the babes. It's Absolutely. One hundred percent. Like it seems like the character was written as more of like a swinger type, but he decided he was gonna play it as a nerd. And then that just makes it even more charming because Rick Moranis is a nerd, but also I, I know a lot of women that find him very sexy. So like Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Huh. Rick Moranis will Hey, he could pull some tail, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I know what you're talking about. Oh, uh he um he, he could have sex with a lot of people. Oh. Yeah, like a lot of there are a lot of women and men who find him. I thought attractive. you were talking about like like puppies or something. Oh, he probably could do that. Get over too. here, puppy, and you pull the yeah. tail. Well, no, you know, we see him go up against that demon dog, and he doesn't do too he well. So he, well he couldn't pull those tails. All right, who brought the dog? <laughs> Dude, he's amazing. Yeah, but I think that's like part of it is that like every character is charming because the actor playing them is charming. Like Sigourney Weaver is seems to be having the time of her life. She's laughing in almost every scene. And she brought so much to the table. And she did, too. yeah. That's, a, that's what I thought was really cool after watching that movies that made us is like, it was her idea that they would become like possessed. Yeah. And that she would get to turn into a dog. Yeah. Like, that's Sigourney Weaver ideas. Yes. She fucking rules. She does. She's awesome. Uh, And also, yeah, we haven't talked about Winston yet. Obviously. Okay, so... Winston doesn't show up until about halfway through the movie. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, in my head, it's like, yeah, he's the fourth Ghostbuster. Right. Like, he's there the whole time. And it's like, actually, he's really late in the movie. He's really late in the movie. He even says, like, near the end of the movie when he's, like, giving the speech to the mayor. He's been working with these guys for a couple of weeks. So it's like, even in the movie, it's a short time that he's with them. Totally. Um, But, so basically, this was originally written for Eddie Murphy... And a large portion of Bill Murray's character's lines and, and stuff that he does were the Eddie Murphy character's hmm. stuff. So Ernie Hudson got the scraps. Yeah, but you got to understand. I mean, like, Eddie Murphy took the Beverly Hills Cop job because he was going to be the star instead of this, where he would be, you know, co-headlining. Um, Eddie Murphy was, like, money. Same with, with Bill Murray. Like, yeah. this guy's money. He's the box office draw. Uh, despite how much I love Ernie Hudson and seen him in a uh, you know, million things where he does absolutely great, he's not the name. So they're obviously going to take some lines from him. It does seem like, though, he should appear way earlier. I know, right? <laughs> like, it just feels like he should be there earlier in the movie. But it still works. You still feel, like you said, that he's... They're the four Ghostbusters. It's yeah. Winston is part of the Ghostbusters. Even though he appears halfway through the movie, 
he still he still feels like one of the core group. It's a cohesive unit for yeah. sure. And I like too how just those four characters, you know, in terms of like the spirituality and the ghosts and supernatural stuff, they all kind of represent this range of belief where you've got yeah. Harold Ramis, who is just entirely scientific. Yeah, he's completely stoic. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, who is entirely spiritual. Oh, and he is like so excited and like like all this is like his boyhood dream, it feels like. He's so excited about like the sliming or like any interaction they have with ghosts. Have you tried this pole? Yeah, he's, he's such super, a little yeah, kid. He's man. like a little kid. Yeah. He's so fucking adorable in this yeah. movie. Bill Murray, I'm not even going to call him a skeptic or a cynic. He's just like, whatever people buy this and I can take advantage of it and maybe yes, make some money. that's it. Yes, he, he's absolutely, he's slick. He's charming and slick, but he's not invested. No. Yeah. And then Ernie Hudson is absolutely just like, I'll believe anything you tell me. As long I'm, as a work, bills. I'm a worker. I'm yes. going to work. Like He's yes. the blue collar one in this entire yeah. thing. Yeah, there's scientists who've gotten fired from a university He's he is a guy looking for a job who says I will believe whatever you need me to believe for a paycheck. So, like, it, yeah, the, it does represent a whole gamut. And but like, then they all contribute. That's the that's that's kind of how they do a good job of integrating Ernie Hudson, even though he comes in late. Is that like every time it shows them like bantering, he's a part of the conversation. So it's not like they treat him like, oh, shut up, rookie. It's like he always has something to contribute and that like makes him sort of meld in almost instantly. True. So that that's just I don't know, that that's good on the fly writing, I would say, because a lot of this changed, you know, on set <laughs> on mm. the day. I know Ernie Hudson was disappointed with, you know, how much actually got taken away from him in the script because he was supposed to appear in like page twenty or something. Sure, so yeah. it would have been real early in the movie. Yeah. But I still think he's an important part of this movie and contributes oh, yeah, to absolutely. it very, very well, man. Yeah. As does everybody in this. Like, honestly, there's not any character in this where you're like, man, they really should have got somebody better to play this guy. Like, no. like even even the role of Lewis Tully, man, Rick Moranis, like, that was supposed to be John Candy. And yeah. I'm not even sad that he's not there. Yeah, that is an interesting, because I love John Candy. Obviously, we all and do. Obviously, if John Candy had been in this, he would have been hilarious. And he's an improv machine, well, too. Yep, he would have been great with them. But also, he wanted to play the character as German <laughs> for <What>? some reason. <laughs> yeah. He wanted him to have like a German accent and to have German shepherds. And what? And uh, Ivan Reitman <laughs> was just like, we've already got too many dogs in this movie. True. Yeah, yeah. So like basically John Candy's just wasn't interested if he couldn't play it that way. But then, you know, they go and get one of his Canadian brethren uh, uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Rick Moranis really brings a lot to the role in not being a huge star at the time. Yeah, because he's like you don't know how to take him. If it had been John Candy trying to play this role, it's like, well, that's John Candy. Whatever he does is going to be funny, so he doesn't have to like go out of his way to make this character funny. But Rick Moranis does, and so he like really puts a lot into making this character someone kind of like someone you've known in your life like somebody who's oh yeah absolutely v very dorky but also like very talkative about how dorky they are <laughs> 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 they're letting you know aloud constantly just how dorky they are yeah yeah and of course uh, Sigourney Weaver is in here post alien uh-huh 
and dude, the character of Dana Barrett, I I love so much, man. Yeah, like she is this independent, mm-hmm. uh, stoic, super strong, yeah, character on her own. And Bill Murray is just all about her, and she's not really even there for him exactly. Bill Murray is uh just past the border of creepy with her. Oh like, yeah. If Bill Murray, if the character was played by someone not Bill Murray doing the same things that he's doing, people'd be like, "That guy's creepy." That's but because fair, it's yeah. Bill Murray, it's like I'm still charmed. Totally. He's doing he some creepy-ass shit, but I'm still kind of charmed by him. That first time he goes to her apartment, he says, like, I'm madly in love with yeah, you. Yeah, and, and she's just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No effect on her. She doesn't give a shit, yeah. man. And that, yeah, that's that's uh, you need that. Because uh, apparently in, in Dan Aykroyd's original, he didn't have any women at all. Oh. Uh, so bringing in Dana, you, you need... You need a strong character who's going to work as a foil for this tomfoolery, but also isn't going to get buried by this tomfoolery. She's still got to be present. You got to be remembering, like, Dana is there. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Annie Potts playing fucking uh, uh, Janine. Okay. More like Annie Hots. Yeah, I'm just definitely saying. Annie Hots. Oh, my gosh. Can we just recognize yes. right now? Annie Potts is so hot. She's smoking. <laughs> yes, 100%. Totally smoked. Totally. Man. I love her character. Yeah. She's so awesome. And yeah, she works again as a, a strong foil to these these idiots. Uh, you know, as as like the more um uh, she's this more serious. She I guess, like she's treating this like a very serious job that she doesn't want to be at. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's exactly the sort of feeling that I would have being this person. Like if, <laughs> I, if you were, if somebody was like, "We're gonna hunt ghosts," and it's like, "Okay, I just need a job." Cool. So, all right, you uh, you just want me to ask people if they've seen, seen a, ghost? a ghost? Okay, all right, whatever, whatever. And then surprise, we got one. We got one. Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. Every time I watch this movie, I forget that Carl Winslow is in here being he is. a cop. I I want to somehow sew together Carl Winslow in this in Die Hard and in Last Action Hero and in Family Matters and in Family Matters like I want that to be one character there has to be some way that he is in all of those universes yeah <laughs> the Carl Winslow copperverse he was up for the the Winston Zeddemore role uh really? which would have been yeah that would have been interesting he's great I mean he's so funny so fucking awesome he's man. barely in this but you know uh, it would have been nice to oh, yeah. see him get to do some of his. He's a very good like facial comedian. He does oh, yeah. good. And his faces. voice is great. Oh yeah, too, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What about old Dickless in here? <laughs> old Dickless. William Atherton fucking rules. He's such a good like. He's such a good villain. Yes. In this, like that overly manicured beard and just like the uptight. way uptight, uptight the way they enrage him so easily, like. He just does a real good job, again, of making them seem like heroes and himself seem like a villain, when in fact, I don't know that he's a villain. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> so let's talk about this, because ultimately, one of the biggest villains in this movie is the EPA, and I can't yeah. help but feel like this is, again, on, on the rewatch, some hardcore boomer humor. Yeah. Um, they want to keep the water clean? <laughs> what a bunch of wimps. Oh, they don't want... Their neighborhood to have nuclear reactors in it. Government oversight, Gov- I call it. <laughs> what? Uh, so, yeah, Harold Ramis was a libertarian. Uh, and this movie is libertarian. And 
You can kind of look at it that way, and it becomes very apparent. I know the the uh, Ghostbusters 2016 ruined my childhood. People are like, don't make Ghostbusters political. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're not making it. It's Harold Ramis there. made it political. This, this is a movie that um, has been listed by um, the National Review, which is a conservative editorial magazine that is uh, full of terrible takes. <laughs> Uh, they no. listed it as one of the top uh, conservative movies of all time. Which is interesting because considering you're talking about it being conservative in the message about government overreach and oversight and regulation being bad yeah. and personal liberties like having an unlicensed nuclear accelerator and right. being good, but then also having all this new agey, spiritual, non-biblical, hocus-pocus kind of stuff in it. It's kind of a weird juxtaposition. It is. It it's is. like atheist conservative in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is, I mean, libertarians in general don't necessarily cotton to religion uh, all the time. And yet this movie is so good that it, it doesn't really bug it do- me. Yeah, it doesn't bug me. That's a good point. It, it It's so, it's so interesting to, to look at stuff that we've done kind of recently that is from this era mid to to late 80s like robocop or uh the stuff or escape from new york or whatever that are very clearly about how reagan Reagan politics and this like libertarian philosophy is going to destroy the country or the world um and this movie is celebrating the idea of of in fact actually it's going to make the world really great because then if you want to start a business where you bust ghosts you can do it freedom freedom don't tread on me don't tread on me yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah it does the, have a little bit of that in it man yeah, and the i never libertarian really noticed philosophy in, at the center of it is, yeah it's it's there it's clear it it's just not it's not shoved down your throat it's not Right, because like, you could still look at this movie and see William Atherton as not a villain. Like that, when I watch it, I don't think of him as a villain. I think of him as a guy who's trying to do his fucking job. His job, and he just happens to be wrong because the most outlandish shit in the world happened, which is almost always the argument for conservatism or libertarianism. It's like, well, what if? Somebody kills your wife. Don't you want to get revenge? <laughs> it's like, I guess if that happened, I'd probably be in that situation. It's but common scenario. Yeah. But well, what if ghosts show up and the only people that can fix it are a private <laughs> business? What if you got to wait for the government to start regulating particle accelerators <laughs> while you've got ghosts? Driving your taxi cab and these illegals. And, and it's like at they the, wasn't born here. It's like at the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, I guess if that happened, I guess I'd want there to be Ghostbusters. I guess I would love it if there was a ghost. But okay, sure. And sure, you're you extremely got unlikely, yes. impossible scenario. Yeah. Yes, government overreach would would be a bad. And so you see, I am correct. I stand my point. <laughs> but you're saying, too, there's people that look at this uh, as far as, like, the ghosts are homeless people and immigrants? Yeah, there are, That's there how are, people read this? There have been academic readings of this as the ghosts uh, representing uh, the homeless or immigrants. Bum buster. I mean, when you look at, say, like, um, 
what they do is they take a firehouse, which is a government building. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they repurpose it, and they take an ambulance which was a government vehicle, Amberlamps. and they repurpose it. That's true. Basically, they're, they're taking the shell of uh, government incompetence and making it worthwhile. Uh, and it, in some readings, people see it as, uh, if if that's what they're doing, they would be solving the ills that New Yorkers saw at the time, and homelessness and immigration were two of the big issues of the time. So ain't none of them ghosts speak English now I think about it. <laughs> mm. Do they? Do, huh. Gozer does. But he's not True. a ghost though. No. I say he. It. it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it is played by uh, Gozer is played, played by, by a woman but meant to be ambiguous. Meant yeah. to be more like David Bowie type. Which or, I I love. Yeah. I love the fact that it's this yeah, flat top. Right. Just very ambiguous looking. Mhm thing yeah because it always like weirded me out as a kid i was like i don't know if it's a lady or a man it's like this really mysterious mm -hmm. presence i always thought that was super cool even as a kid man they originally wanted it to be paul rubens that would have been different <laughs> peewee shows up <laughs> I'm yeah i don't know about that stop shocking yourself stop shocking yourself <laughs> yeah. then Die. Yeah, I love that, that, that little sweep, turn. the hand sweep. Yeah, over here and straight ahead. And it's die. the exact angle, like uh, of Emperor Palpatine with the lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. It's like so much that. Which, of course, as I said, uh, Richard Edlin worked for ILM. Probably already had something similar set up. So I know how to, to lightning. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think this is about homeless people or immigrants. I don't that think all. so either, though there is a deleted uh, bit, where, you know, when they're in Chinatown and they're being like paid with with the Peking ducks. That was always the symbol. As, again, as a child in the 80s, uh -huh. it was always like they be eating them ducks with the heads on them. Oh, my yeah, Lord. Yeah, that was always like a Christmas story. Asian, yeah, it was like a way Gremlins. of alienating Asians yeah. as, as somehow like they don't weird. Eat, they don't eat like Americans yeah. do. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Well, the ghost that they busted to get those ducks uh, was uh, pretty stereotypically Asian with oh, like no. a, a, the rice paddy hat and the stuff. Oh, yeah. no. So there was. There That's was, a good cut. Yeah, that's a, a very good cut, a very good smart cut. cut. Um, he, there's also, you know, the fact that they, um, they, they seem to like. Uh, this is going back to the libertarian thing. They are talking about working for academia, and they say, you know, academia is easy because you know they don't expect results. And this is kind of an un, like a dig at academic institutions, and they talk about how like. When you work for a private business, they expect, they results. expect results. So True. it's like, it's just kind of a dig at like the idea of like working for knowledge sake rather than working for capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So uh, there, those things are there. I think, you know, you're right though. That it It's never beating you over the head with this is the correct philosophy or whatever. Because it is also showing us goofy dudes uh, who kind of just... Bumble their way through. Bumble it. their way through. Yeah, they, they kind of just get lucky a lot. Like uh, the 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 main story that's going on with Gozer and you know the keymaster and the gatekeeper. Like 
that's not even their focus most of the time. Uh-uh. They're just basically, as you know, the original Dan Aykroyd idea, they're just basically out, you know, exterminating ghosts. We're seeing a montage of them, you know, to uh, the Ghostbusters Bray Parker song. Uh, we're seeing a montage of them basically just going around busting these ghosts and getting paid for it. And the Gozer thing is like this sort of sideline where Bill Murray goes off to talk to Sigourney Weaver and that story's going on. But none of the other Ghostbusters are really that involved in that. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. No, that anytime, those, anytime that story's being progressed, it's really just kind of Bill, kind Murray, of Bill Murray talking to Sigourney Weaver. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So in addition to that scene where, uh, again, with the probably offensive Asian ghost getting right. cut. There's a few things, honestly, again, this is just me being podcast guy. Sure. If you watch with a really critical eye where you're like, did this have to be in this movie? I'm going to give you a couple of these examples. I can think of one already, but let's hear what you got. Okay, I, I hope it's what I'm thinking of. Um, it's like in the final act of the movie, the Ghostbusters are out of jail. They're all uh-huh. suited up. They're fixing to go towards the apartment building and fight right. the big bad. Oh, no, the street opened up and swallowed all of them. Okay. And then it's like five or ten seconds. And then Never they're mind, in, they're fine. Yeah. No, anyway, they're in the building, back to, like, walking up the stairs. Did that have to be there? Did okay, that, maybe Did that not. make the movie? Like, was there any point in there where anyone watching this movie was like, fuck, I think they're all dead. Yeah, I the don't think. The movie ends right here? Yeah, I don't think it added to the stakes or the tension. It would have been one thing if it was Egon fell in the hole. Right. Sure. And they were like, oh, shit, and they're reaching down and they're trying to hold on to him. Right. You know, it's like a dramatic moment. Yeah. No, it's just like the street cracked open and they all fell in the hole. And then they all came up out of the hole. Anyway, going back, like, does that make the movie any better? Yeah, that could have been cut, for sure. That's kind of stupid. Yeah. There's a couple other things in there, like, let's say the scene where... Dan Aykroyd's getting a blowjob from Okay, a ghost. yeah, that's the scene I was thinking about. Why is he wearing a Napoleon jacket? What's the fucking story here? It's a dream he's having. So in the montage of the Ghostbusters accomplishments, there is a dream sequence of Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from a ghost because in the original script, there was a sequence of Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from the ghost. And I guess they were just like, well, we can't sacrifice that. It's too good. Too good. But this, They again, could, though. It, it holds with my theory that whenever we do get those, as we do, random boners, no reasons. That's what it is? Yeah. It's ghosts. It's actually a ghost. A ghost is filleting you. That makes sense. When you get what uh, my, my friend John Dudley used to call the no reason pleaser. The no reason pleaser. No reason for it, but it's there. You know what? I think ghosts must like me. I, I get those from magic. time to time. <laughs> I believe it's a ghost blow. Maybe it's one of those. Ghost blow. But it's just so like out of nowhere where you're like, okay, they're fighting ghosts. Ghosts right. are bad. But also. They'll suck a Peter. They'll suck. I guess that's the message. Like, and he's okay with it. He's like, oh. His name's actually Ray, though. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah Peter's a different guy. It's like a Ray. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Got the carriage mixed up. Uh, I Yeah, I think that could have been cut. Because, one, it, what, 45 seconds? It's If. It's not related to the montage. And, like, it, as you said, like, the fact that it's a dream's not even fully clear. No, it's not clear at fucking all. Yeah. Because, like, it, it shows it happening. He's wearing this Napoleon jacket for some reason. His, like, belt gets unbuckled and stuff. 
And then it also shows like they're all kind of like sleeping and kind of like and he falls out of a bed rolling around. It seems like they're all dreaming. Yeah, or something. It does. It's extremely yeah. unclear. Egon is also like shaking. Yeah, yeah, he's like shimmying around. Like it's like what what exactly is going on here? Mm-hmm. Although it would have been really great if like at the very end of the movie, whatever it's all like, uh, you know, Ernie Hudson's like, I love this town yeah. and stuff. Then they're all standing around. And there's like a few moments of silence. Then Dan Aykroyd's like, a ghost sucked my dick last week. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> like, then I would have been like, that and been that's hilarious. the funniest scene in the movie. Holy shit. Like, if that yeah. would have been in there, it would have been like, now that scene actually did come back. Yeah. It matters. That would have been really fucking funny. As it yeah. is, you're just like, what the fuck is going on right here? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it really was just a holdover from the old script that really could have been cut and like, surprised... But okay, I do know. Again, as I said, they only had a couple takes for each shot. Again, it was constantly rushed, super fast. Yeah, I feel like you know. I know. I read that some of their coverage was like messed up when they when they shot in that like prison. A lot of the the film was like really grainy and bad. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So I, I I feel like maybe when it came down to the final edit, it was like. What do we have that looks good? <laughs> yeah, that could be silly. Yeah. We need so something we funny happening right. right here. Go ahead and put we it can't, in. Yeah, we can't just have a montage where it's just like, okay, they're succeeding. We also need a joke in here somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, one other scene that's always kind of stuck out to me is kind of weird is when Louis Tully is having his party. Mm-hmm. The big old ghost dog jumps out, right. chases him uh, across the street. He's running away from it. He runs up to the side of that like restaurant that has like that glass sort of atrium. Uh-huh. And for one, he's banging on just this glass being like, let me in. He's not at a door. They yeah. can't let him into a glass panel. Yeah, what's he expecting? <laughs> yeah. But then also it shows him being attacked by the dog and like sliding down the glass. It would appear that no one in the restaurant can see what's doing this to him. Yeah, I noticed that too. What's, it, what's up with that? I, I wonder if it was just that like they were trying to be like yeah in new york city strange shit happens people just don't pay attention to that's it. the impression that i got where it's just like they're like ah fuck off it's, it doesn't concern yeah. me it's that hard-ass new york attitude right. uh that i i love seeing from this era yeah. of movies oh even like the cop you know it's just like don't tell me how to do my fucking job yeah. <laughs> love that shit man yep. uh so i got a little bit of that but it's like i think people would be a little more disturbed by this demon yeah. dog killing a man and you definitely can't see it in the shot that they're showing so it's is like it like invisible is it indicating that the only people who could see it are the the person that is he's like no because the doorman sees it yeah exactly huh. so i don't know what's up with that also yeah. there's like no way of knowing how how did dana barrett and lewis tully get possessed right dana's like hanging out and there's like all those arms that pop up out of the chair right she's and then drug boom, she's possessed yeah, next time we see her, she's possessed. We see Lewis Tully, he gets attacked by a dog. Next time we see him, he's possessed. It's like, right. how? Yeah, what's going on there? But also, it doesn't really matter, It man. doesn't, no. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, it, it only matters in the context of talking about it on a podcast because yeah. when you're watching it, it doesn't matter. They didn't know you there was really going to be podcasts back then. <laughs> it's a good point. 
They did have talk radio, but nobody was talking about movies. Yeah, those talk radio shows didn't last like two and a half hours. Right. (laughs) And it would just be like, there's traffic on the 110 today. Now here's (laughs) Paul Abdul. Ooh. Yeah. Take two steps forward. Take two steps back. DJ Scat Cat. We come together because the Butster's on the track. Oh, God, not the Butster (laughs) again. Get the fuck out, Butster. No Mitch Buttberg. Yep. No. Okay, we got to talk about the humor in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I have said it on the show multiple times, and I'll continue to hang on to it, man. The tone and the humor in this movie is uncomparable to anything. Yeah. You cannot compare the humor in this to anything else. Everything feels like a throwaway, but also feels like one of the funniest things that could be said in that moment. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's also like, Sciency and supernaturally and yeah. horror-y, but also like SNL-y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that has this kind of tone to it. It is dry yeah. and intelligent, but at the same time, as a kid, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, it is actually quite clean. That's true. Just aside from the ghost blowjob. Yeah. Like. But it also doesn't seem prudish. No. Or like censored or pared down. No, not at all. No. It's a very unique tone, and I think the only thing out there that has come even remotely close, and it's even a stretch, is something like Men in Black. I think Men in Black's a good choice there. Yeah, because Men in Black is basically Alien Busters. Like, yeah, it, it is. It is yeah. Alien Busters, but it's like way sillier than this is. It is. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um he doesn't exactly hit the tone, but I think Ghostbusters did create a unique type of movie in combining comedy, horror, and sort of paranormal sci-fi all together in a way that works. What an odd mix. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah, Men in Black is probably the closest relation to it, but it so. also it doesn't fit exactly the tone. No. Yeah. And that's something too that I think was the biggest problem that I had with the 2016 one. It wasn't, God damn, it wasn't that it was girl busters. That's not the problem right, I had yeah. with it. It's well, that, that I mean, the tone was not the fucking right tone. Yeah, it just, uh, they relied very heavily on improv, but didn't edit it tight enough. This is edited tighter, and I feel like it's because they only had a couple of takes of each thing, whereas the 2016 one, they probably had all day for each scene. All day and all the budget. To just sit and, and riff and, and whatever. And so, like, some of that is really, really funny. And then some of it is just like, okay. I mean, this could be cut. Not not that important. I mean, Kate McKinnon is Oh, she's fantastic. going for it. And she's she, like, like, the look that they gave her and the way she approached the role, she really fucking went at it. They gave her the look of Egon from the cartoons. Absolutely. Which is rad. Yeah. And then also, like, she's really just, like, she is being a character. Some of it's funny. Some of it is just her being weird, and it works. But then Kristen Wiig is being Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Like, Leslie Jones is being Leslie Jones. Like, yep. they're not playing characters. They're playing the same character they play in most roles. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it, it just, that movie is not terrible, but it's not, it got too much defense because there, there was just that period of time where movies were using the opening gambit of 
oh, f- uh, you know, sexists hate this movie, right, guys? Oh. So if you hate this movie, it's because you're sexist, not because the movie's kind of mediocre. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's actually just not that good, yeah. though. Yeah, it's like, yes, sexists do hate the movie, and they those do, sexists yes. are assholes. Yeah, of course. But not everybody who hates the movie is being sexist. They're, they're just saying, like, this isn't as good as the Ghostbusters that we've seen before. Even Ghostbusters 2, uh-uh. which is cheesy and kind of silly and not as... Not as raw as this first movie, but yeah, 2016 kind of, it kind of lost me from time to time because like it would be funny, funny, funny. And then like, uh, real suicide Real, Yeah. <laughs> like people have to kill themselves. You're just like, wow, that's dark. Yeah. A little bit too dark. And also the villain is a, is a person rather than a, a spiritual entity. Yeah. It's kind of lame. Which seems to me like, well, that's person busters. Yeah. And the person has ghosts. Yeah. That's not the same thing at all. Not not exactly the same. But again, it does have really good moments. And and Chris Hemsworth as a as a dummy. He's funny. He's yeah, great. He's great. Yeah. It, I mean, people I remember acted like it was like comparable to pouring bleach in your eyeballs. And it's like it's not No, that it's bad, not that y'all. bad at all. It is not unwatchable. It's a by very any means. watchable movie, but it's also uh overly long. It's longer than both Ghostbusters and Why Ghostbusters too. Why is it so 2. long? You don't even have to have like the origin story in it and it's super long. And I watched the extended edition. It is a full 17 minutes longer. That's a lot. And I did not see anything within there. Like, there's like a scene where there's a little more explanation about why the villain is doing what he's doing. And that that I was like, okay, that that's helpful. But then it was just like long extended improv moments that kind of feel real sparse and weak. Like, they don't hit as hard because there's too much of it. It's like... As I said, you know, most of Bill Murray's stuff is improv. You wouldn't know it, though. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like improv. Uh-uh. He's, like, he's he's progressing the character. And I think, you know, Kate McKinnon does a good job of she that does. in that. And, of course, as, you know, everyone in that is funny. They're great. Yeah, just, yeah, I, I see why people were disappointed with it. And, of course, I see why it is true that sexists didn't like it just because it was women. But... They don't like a lot of things, those sexists. Yeah, that's true. They don't like when a woman exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't please them. No, not really. Who gives a shit about them? I hope the new movie is good. The previews don't look good to me. They don't really look good. (laughs) They don't look good to me. It's like real CGI. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah. I'm not super hopeful. I mean, I'm still going to see it. Oh, I'm going to see it for sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I... I watched 2016 several times, and I don't love it, but I also don't hate it. Yeah. And it's more Ghostbusters. I hope that it'll be good. I mean, there's some good people in the cast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, they've brought back Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray and, like, all all the uh, OGs that are still around are coming back. But I also feel like that's just going to be kind of fan service yeah, and totally. Member Barry's time. Yeah. Which was, uh, like... That was a problem I had with 2016 because they brought back Dan Aykroyd and they brought back Bill Murray. Yeah. But as different characters. Yeah. Cab driver and. Yeah. And uh, uh, skeptic. Yeah. yeah. It, mm, they it just don't, I feel like. Like, unless you're actually trying to tie into the story, which this one is, the newer one, is trying to tie into the old story. I see why you bring them back, but I also feel like it's just going to fall into. Remember Slimer, though? Yeah, really, Remember? right? Mm-hmm. I hope they even come close to the humor. Um, 
Because like I said, the humor in this to me is one of those things that I, I forget how often I quote this movie oh, yeah. and use lines from this movie. Yeah. Like, I think I say, yes, have some at least <laughs> once every week. Yes, minimum. have some. <laughs> yes, have some all the time. It's such a funny moment that out of context makes no sense either to just say, yes, have some. But, but if you know it, if you, you know, know it, it, it's really funny. <laughs> Are there any particular parts in this movie that you find, you know, extremely hilarious? Um... Uh, yeah, Bill Murray is really fucking funny throughout. Like, I, Dude, I his feel... intro scene with like the psychic card reading yeah. thing. Yeah. The effect it's having is that it's pissing me off. And he's just using it to get chicks. Yeah. That's his whole angle. Like, he's just using this business to get chicks. Uh, but also, what I've found, like, I'd never noticed before is that his theory seems to be right. That negative reinforcement, because the guy, like, the first guess is, like, wrong. But then the second guess is the card she had, and then his third guess is oh, right. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that he was guessing the card that she had. Yeah. So, like, his idea that negative reinforcement uh, increases psychic ability, uh, yeah. psychic ability seems to be true. Like, wow. I like that that little moment is there because it's like. I love that. I it's didn't never explained. It. It's yeah. never, but it's like. Oh, that, like, cause like he's, but he doesn't even notice cause he's just trying to get chicks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't <laughs> even notice that his theory is kind of right. Even wow. though he says like, you're proving it now. Like he's just being a dick to him. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You I don't... keep your 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Only 75 more to go. 75. Uh, oh. <laughs> I love when that dude's gum flies out of his mouth. Yeah. after get zapped. <laughs> it's just so stupid and so funny. Uh, I, I think. I think, though, also anything Rick Moranis says. Because, like... Yeah, all of it. Him locking himself out of his damn apartment, like, a hundred <laughs> times. And he always acts so surprised about it. Like, why isn't this working? He jiggles the doorknob. He the door handle doesn't work. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say the first time they did that, whenever he meets Dana out there in the hallway, I want to say him getting locked out was a mistake, and he just rolled with it. That's genius if that happened. I want to say I heard yeah. that somewhere, and then they just kept it a running joke after that. I might I, be wrong. I mean, if that's the case, that's that's great. That's very much genius. Like, that, that's kind of like... Uh, you know a lot of these people were second city alums they were improv people like this was something they had been training for in in a unique way in the 70s and 80s that like improv training was just coming about with del close and second city theater in yeah. chicago so like these are people who are uniquely trained to be able to go with whatever and the movie is a, a, a real experiment in we're going to need you to go with whatever because we aren't fully sure exactly what we're doing and we're not really sure what we want you to say. And we're, like, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like in the end because we don't have the special effect yet. Like, this is kind of perfect for people who are trained in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the funniest parts to me are how dry Harold Ramis is and how unaware he is Egon's that Andy my favorite Potts character. is just trying to get fucking some of that Egon dick. <sighs> yeah. She is I'm very so... intelligent. I read a lot. A lot of my past boyfriends said I'm too intelligent or uh -huh. whatever. And he's like, print is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love Egon so much. And I kind of identify a lot with him. Because uh, I, I think... My flirt radar is non-existent Exactly. Well. I think in yeah. some ways you could see Egon as like shutting her down. But I really no. just think he has no idea. I collect spores, mold, and fungus. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like oh, she said thing. I say thing. That's I, how yeah. this works. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? I had a slinky once. 
I straightened it. I straightened it. Straightened a slinky as oh, a child. Um, uh, whenever Bill Murray is like, remember when you wanted to drill a hole in your head? It would have worked if he hadn't stopped me. <laughs> Improv. No way. He improved that line. God. Fucking genius. Harold Ramis is so good, yeah, man. But so he's good. Like, He's not so cold that you're like, who is this fucking cynical? No, he's still warm and charming. Like, he still smiles and stuff. He's not, like, overly scientific, but that like he that's just how he approaches the world. Yeah. It's all science. There's just so many, like, little parts in here, too, from people that aren't even main characters that I think are hilarious. Where, mm-hmm. like, whenever they're asking the librarian, like, okay, do you take drugs or alcohol? And then Bill <laughs> Murray's like, are you currently menstruating? And that guy is like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like the way he says that, yeah. line, he is just so fucking freaked yeah. out that they would even ask that. Yeah. It's so funny, man. <laughs> and and dude, like I got to mention too, like there's an extra in this movie that cracks me the fuck. Okay. Tell me about up, this, man. Th- okay. So this guy is in the last act of the movie. It's right before the Ghostbusters get swallowed up into that sinkhole okay. and stuff. So just outside the building, outside Dana's building. Outside the building when all the people are like screaming and all this stuff. There is this extra that's this guy with like a, a red-haired bowl cut. Okay. And he's wearing a suit. Actually, you know what? He's kind of wearing a Pee Wee Herman suit. It's like a nicely fitting like gray okay. suit. And he's in the crowd and he's just like, Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay. Like, you can hear his voice above the rabble rabble of everybody. Okay. I don't know who this guy was, if they planted him there because he was the most exuberant extra. I don't know. But you also see him several more times, like in the ending with the crowd shots. He is having the time of his fucking life hmm. seeing those Ghostbusters. He catches my eye every single time. I've never noticed him. I'm going to have to pay attention. Dude, I'd be surprised if there wasn't like a whole kind of like cult following. A fan about page like, for yeah. him, yeah. <laughs> who is Ginger Bowl from Ghostbusters? <laughs> Ginger Bowl. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> I got to know. I know uh, Ron Jeremy is in a particular, he's an extra in one scene. Huh? Yeah, he's like outside of one of the buildings at one point. Uh, I think. Somebody else, uh, I can't remember. Fuck, there was somebody that's else, crazy, who, who, like a famous person. Uh, yeah, that that's interesting. I've never noticed that guy. You got to see that guy. Okay, he's so good. Yeah, dude, Bill Murray walking in, twinkling the piano keys. They hate this. <laughs> they hate this. Also improv. Also improv. Apparently, uh, uh somebody uh, on set laughed when he said it oh, because it was so funny, and they had to redo it because, again, that's the that's always going to be the problem with improv is that. When you've heard the line 50 times, it's not funny not anymore. Funny anymore. No. It doesn't matter. You're just doing your job. But when the line is coming out of nowhere, somebody might laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to need, like, a real good, like, shut that down sort of, like, just just eliminate the idea of laughing for the day. Sure. Yeah. But that's got to be impossible. Yeah, impossible. You like that, out. Some of the funniest people uh, to live throughout the 80s, like. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. It would just Dude, be cracking up. When he's two in her apartment, and he's like, uh, what is this room? She's like, that's the bedroom. And she's like, well, nothing ever happens in there. <laughs> it's a shame. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it. He's so fucking good, man. He is. He's great. Now, in Dana's apartment is also where we get introduced to some of the special effects shots. We got those eggs popping out. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Of the carton and Practical frying right stuff. there. Uh-huh. Apparently, that was really, really, really hard to do to I isolate bet. a heat source underneath that. Uh-huh. Uh, countertop so it would just heat the eggs up but not like melt everything else that was on there have you seen these they have these now countertop like 
stoves that uh the pots you use have a magnet in the bottom. Yeah, it's an and inve- without invection. that, yeah, yeah, without that, they don't produce any heat. So, like, you can have it on high and put your hand on it, and you won't feel anything. Yeah, Lindsay and Thomas have that. Oh, okay, and it's, cool. it's it's strange. Where you're I like, bet. <laughs> here is a scorching hot sizzling skillet. You lift it off, and you can just fucking put your hand on top of it. If no it's heat. warm, it's because the pan has heated it up. Yeah. It's very strange, man. So I, yeah, I don't know how they did it here. Do you I'm know? not sure. Yeah. Because yeah. those eggs are getting hot enough to where they're yeah. popping out of the shells, but nothing else is. Yeah. Super cool. And that's, of course, not the only incredible special effects shot in this. No. It's so much practical stuff, too. Just oh, like yeah. the you know the library scene, like the books are just on a wire. Yeah, the, wire. The, the cards from the card catalog are just being blown through a straw, like. Yeah, out of the, like very easy to do, practical mm-hmm. five cent effects. Yeah, but then you've also got you know, and again, it's what kicks the movie off—the library scene where we have the purple librarian ghost. Yeah, which is so fucking dope, man. It is. It, it looks, looks awesome. So good. Like you yeah. don't have any of those, like what we saw in Star Wars, where you have that kind of square cutout around it, where you can right. tell where, where it's filmed yes. and overlaid. Uh-huh. It's so perfectly done. It's transparent. It seems to be emitting light at the same uh-huh. time. And then even whenever it changes into that weird, like, ape monster looking thing. Right. It's such a seamless transition. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, also, Slimer. Slimer. Slimer, dude. I mean, Slimer is a practical puppet. Just, you know, being shown in that particular way where it looks like it's glowing. But... It's just a guy moving a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really cool. And any movement you perceive is actually the camera moving away from yeah. or towards Slimer. Yes. Because it took so many people to operate that puppet that they couldn't move it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in relation to the camera. They would have to move the camera towards or away to make it look like he was moving right. in perspective, which is crazy. Also, Slimer has an ass. <laughs> Slimer has an ass he's got a butt on him yeah no legs no legs but an ass all ass all ass you never see it in the movie but the puppet itself has some ass on it so okay here's another question that i have where it's like again this is things where i'm like when you think about it it doesn't really make a, a ton of sense where you're like okay cab driver ghost he's like a skeleton yeah seems corporeal like you can yeah. touch him Librarian ghost, floating apparition. Floating, yeah, you can't even see her legs. Humanoid, though. Sure. What happened to Slimer that he's like <laughs> just this legless booger that still interacts with the physical world and eats food? Yeah. Like, what is the rules of how ghosts work here? I think, like, I, I, I'm sure the cartoon explained it. I feel like he's like a poltergeist, which, like, he's not... He's he's like a manifestation of like negative energy or something, but rather not, than the spirit of a rather, human. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I think I I want to give a little history of Slimer because just reading about how they came up with and and on that uh, the movies that made us what they say about the creation of Slimer. So Steve Johnson is the designer of the the Slimer sculpture. And uh, he's worked on a ton of stuff. Like, seriously, go look at his filmography. If you watch every single movie in his filmography, 75% of the movies, you'll be like, that was that was pretty rad. Sick. Um, but, yeah, he worked on, like, The Fog and, and The Howling, American Werewolf in London. Damn. Like, big stuff before this. He's Mr. Big Stuff. Uh, <laughs> who does he think he is? Huh. <laughs> um, so, he had 
he had you know gotten the the sort of notes about what they wanted and uh <laughs> he started making this sculpture and apparently he did like three grams of coke to get oh. it done in one night there you go yep so uh cocaine was the inspiration for slimer i'll do it the second inspiration was john belushi yeah um which like animal house basically cocaine right? the person yeah um yeah, yeah. yeah um so basically he had made the design and then they called him and they were like we want it to look like john belushi and he was like oh okay cool let me do some changes to it and then uh he just sent them what he had <laughs> without changing anything and they were like that's great looks like john you nailed it <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, so the the Slimer sculpture was uh, a cocaine induced. Um, uh, the apparently the the smell of it was also terrible. Oh, so he's known as the Onion Head Ghost. Like people that were working on the film called him Onion Head because it like smelled like onion, like rotting the onions and the paint and stuff. I guess so. Yeah. Or because they were shoveling food down it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he had like five hot dogs stuck in his mouth. Might be that. Maybe, yeah. But again, the effect of him looks awesome. And dude, Yeah, like, it looks great. The The actual look of, of the proton packs and the blasters and that kind of curly, twirly laser beam that they shoot yeah. out. Yeah, I like that it's not straight. Yeah, dude. There's it's, like something it's iconic, to it. Man. Yeah. It's so fucking rad. I just think it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the dogs are the weakest effect in this and they knew it too yeah the claymation moments aren't great they i mean specifically when he goes through the table like when he like bursts through the door and lands on the table yeah it's kind of weak but they show it so quick that like i bet if you because i you know i was watching the remastered edition like they show it so quick that i bet if you saw it back in the day it was just like it looked fine Probably, really it. and it like running across the street after Lewis Tully. Right, yeah, you that can looks... blatantly see like the cutout around yeah. it. Yeah, it looks a little weird, but again, I think that they knew that. I think they knew like, okay, this doesn't really. Look yeah, the they best. just kind of had to go with some things. Like you just had no, no choice. Yeah, to just because like they shot the stuff they shot in New York, which was you know all the exterior stuff that you see that's New York, uh, and then moved to L.A. for the winter and shot all the stuff that you see inside so like the apartment scenes everything all that stuff so like all the new york stuff by the time i would i would assume by the time they were actually getting special effects stuff back it was too late for them to reshoot it in a way that the special effect would work well probably again you're talking about time constraints here yeah it, it all really was just they got such a short period of time to do so much stuff. And it's amazing they got it done. For like, real. It really, really is. The man. final product, it, like, I guarantee there are people who worked on it and look at the final product and just go like, fuck, I wish we could have done this or I wish we could have fixed that or whatever. Oh, but to people like us, it's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Couldn't imagine it being any better. Exactly. We got to talk about probably the biggest special effect literally in the movie, fucking Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Dude, and again, this goes back to Dan Aykroyd's character and just the, the innocence and uh-huh. boyish nature of this character. Yeah. <laughs> Choose the form of your destroyer. Guy and on he's the marshmallow bag. The fucking Marshmallow <laughs> Man with his little sailor hat on. Yeah. Dude, the effect of that thing stomping down the streets, it's so simultaneously 
terrifying and adorable. It is. He's got that like smile and that like cute. He's he's cute in general. Yeah, he looks like the but Michelin also man. He's huge. Yeah, and he's just like killing people. Godzilla for sure. stomping shit. I love that angry face whenever they shoot him with the blasters yeah. and stuff too. Uh, yeah, like he just looks so upset, but still just adorable. It's still adorable. That little sailor hat. <laughs> he's really only in the movie for maybe two minutes. Yeah, very briefly, and like that first time you see him, he's like. You know, it's just like the face kind of bobbing up and down behind awesome. the buildings. Amazing. And it's like, yeah, it's such what a good build-up. Yeah, such a good build-up. Because it's cool, too, because they didn't use, like, a licensed property, but yet in our heads, Stay Puft, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is, like, oh, iconic yeah. as shit. If like, you told me that was real, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, from the marshmallows that I Duh. used to buy at the store. Must be, yeah. Like, it's, they could use, like, Mr. Peanut or something. Sure, yeah. A licensed-ass character. Yeah. But they made up something, and they also predicted it in the movie too in dana bear's apartment whenever you've got the eggs blowing up she also has a bag of staple yeah, marshmallows see, yeah. uh-huh. so it's like this subconscious reminder that in this universe there is this michelin man sailor marshmallow guy mm-hmm. so then when he shows up you're not entirely like what the fuck is this now <laughs> like, oh yeah i was introduced to that earlier so subtle cool d- i mean i had to take a screenshot of it just whenever they're up on the roof and Gozer is coming out, and you got the dogs on either side. So sick. It looks like the raddest album cover. Doesn't Just it? Just like the coolest. Like, it would be... Like, what Journey album is this exactly. from? Because <laughs> it's definitely one of it's them. It's definitely one of them. I love the way that shit looks. Just uh, like the pyramid. Everything about it is pyramidic in yeah. terms of the way that it's shaped. Pyramidic, mm-hmm. that's a word, right? It is. In the way of a pyramid, it's known mm-hmm. as. Pyramidic. Everything about that is so fucking cool. And even when she just opens up her fridge and she sees Yeah, it, same thing. Cool. Yeah. Fuck, so rad. Apparently, she had an apartment fire sometime not long after that. And one of the, uh, the Sigourney Weaver, and one of the, the firemen opened up her refrigerator and said, better call Ghostbusters, lady, or something like that. I bet she loved that. She's I'm like, I sure. just lost all my possessions. Thanks. But <laughs> thanks for the fucking joke. <laughs> Dick face. Dick face. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, special effects in this are just fucking rad. And another thing I got to give mega props to, the fucking soundtrack of this movie, I think, is one of the most underrated soundtracks yeah. in movie history. And I'm not just talking about the Ray Parker song. Right, which is great. Let's talk about that real quick. Because, mm-hmm. of course, there was a little bit of a controversy about there that. There is, yeah, because, uh, yeah, um, they were sued not long after by Huey Lewis in the news. Because a white man was like, hey, I did that once, kind of. Give me your money. Well, I think... What, okay, so when Ray Parker was sent the the print of the movie to like you know show him what he needed to make a, a song for, they had just basically uh, some, some placeholder music for the montage, and they had used Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drug. And so Ray Parker, hearing that, was like, oh, they want something that sounds like that here. So he, you know, tried to duplicate some of the, the elements of that. Now, you and I, you listened to it just before we, we started. We them. It doesn't sound that much like it, it at it all. It honestly doesn't. It's the such tempo a stretch. is about the same. Yeah. And they both have, bah, bah. Yep. That's honestly... Yeah, about it. much it. It's a stretch, man. It is a stretch. And so, yeah, and Ray Parker also was working, like, with two days to come up with a song and came up with this song, 
had like he had he had his girlfriend and her friends sing the Ghostbusters oh, no part. Shit. Like that's okay. They didn't, like this was a rush job. He he got it onto a cassette, sent it to them, and they were like, "All right, it's going in the movie." Like that's how quick everything was moving for this movie, especially when they were coming to actually putting the final print together. Yeah. Just like we got the song, we don't have time to figure out if this is gonna get us in any legal trouble or anything. Get it in there. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, Ray Parker. I I I I don't hear that it's that no similar. No, I don't. Ray think Parker so just made a great song. And Ray it's Parker not his is fault. innocent. Ray Parker is innocent. Let him out of jail. Free Ray Parker. Free Ray Parker. <laughs> With purchase of Ray Parker of equal value. <laughs> what? So yeah, I, I that that that's a stretch. But I also understand like. You know, lawyers for bands and so it's not like Huey Lewis himself himself yeah, went sure. out of his way for this. His lawyers, I guarantee, were like, "Oh, we can make some money off this. They're not going to fight it in court. It'll cost them more in court to fight it." So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know who did the original score stuff in this movie. I should have written that down. It's I, great I don't though, know. dude. It's so fucking good because all those themes in there where you have like. Like there's kind of just the casual Ghostbusters office theme where it's the piano part that's ba-doom 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 It's like very like Randy Newman like this is like a New York kind of song. Uh-huh. But then it takes that theme and goes through these weird spooky key changes when that melody comes in that does the da dun da It's got all these weird intervals in there that take you in a direction that's like kind of spooky actually but it still has this like jaunty fun walking down the street feel there's so many musical moments like this in this movie that i think are just so well suited to it where it is fun and lively but has this sort of weirdness to it at the same time Mm -hmm. soundtrack to this dude is so fucking good it brings so much to the movie to me uh, Fuzzby told me Elmer Bernstein. Elmer Bernstein. Elmer That's Bernstein. the guy. Also did the uh, score for the Ten Commandments. Oh, in nineteen and fifty six. So out. he was an older gentleman. He owed. Yeah. He very owed. Yeah, I yeah I think um, I especially noticed when I because I I watched part one and then watched part two just kind of instantly the first time I watched it, and when you move to part two. I feel like the music went downhill. It's not terrible, but it's like, it's almost entirely one of those like, er, what was that, 89 or 90? Like, one of those like Hollywood attempts at rap music throughout. And it's just like, that's what the kids want these days. Yeah. I said a rap. I said a rap. My name is Guy, and I'm here to say I rap every day. <laughs> so, yeah, part two kind of went down for me on the music bit. scale. But, yeah, I think this, I, I, you're right. The music in this is awesome. So good, man. Mm-hmm. Love it. There's honestly not a lot of things about this movie that I don't like. I mean, I guess you no. could you could probably get all up in there and be like, it doesn't necessarily pass the Bechdel test. I don't think. No, it doesn't. But at the same time, it's like our female characters, Annie Potts and Dana Barrett, are both intelligent, strong Yeah, they did make... Women. Uh, at the very least, they did give them agency. And um, I don't even feel like Dana ends up as a damsel in distress. Like, no. She gets possessed by a fucking she is, Sumerian god. She becomes a, a, a dog 
creature demon. Yeah. Like, yeah, she she's just a, an essential part of the story without ever being the uh, damsel in distress type. Even though, I mean, she doesn't necessarily... It, she comes to them in distress as a damsel, but she is also very much uh, fighting this herself and becomes part of that. Like, vill- like, you don't see that a lot with the damsel in distress being, like, drawn into and becoming part of the demonic True. or evil thing, unless it's, of course, uh, about saving her virginity or whatever. Sure. But this movie doesn't take any make any effort in showing her as like virginal or or whatever she's just a a woman who plays the fucking cello and has a regular everyday ghost encounter that turns into a demonic possession of her building just turned into a dog you know the regular stuff like you do when you get turned into a (laughs) dog and annie potts is just doing her job the whole time that like that's the only way we see her is at work so yeah yeah, there's it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but it does have stronger women than you would traditionally see in a 1984 movie. Yeah, yeah. I would love to find the random, you know, adult that, that is like our age who's never seen Ghostbusters and has never been exposed to anything Ghostbuster related. Has never seen the cartoons. Somehow grew up in a way that it's fucking Amish or something. Like, okay, what's an action figure? I've never seen a cartoon. Right. Tell me about a Ghostbuster. Let me watch this. I would love to see if they would watch it and they would be like, this is neat, but where did they get the lasers? Where? How does this trap thing work? Like, right. explain any of this. I'd like yeah. to know would if they would. Would they be would... swept away by it or would they be constantly questioning it? Yeah. yeah. This is one of those ones where I'm like, is it my nostalgia talking or is it this fucking good? Yeah, I, can, I cannot look at this objectively. It's we've impossible both, to divorce from it. It yeah, really is. We both were exposed to this before we had knowledge uh, or any sort of memory. Yeah, before of, I have memory. Yeah. Like, come on. How can I look at this unbiased? But also, that says a lot about it, too, that it hits. It hit at that time with all age groups. Like, kids could watch it and get it and have fun with it and enjoy it instantly. Yeah. Even though we're not getting most of the humor, like you're not understanding most of what's happening, it's still just like playing out in a way that enraptures the child mind. Yeah. You uh, could go by the action figures and have so much fucking fun. Exactly. You but can, then your parents would also fucking love this movie. Yeah, exactly. Because it is a, it is an adult comedy. It It's fun. It's smart. Like, it, it seems to me... I've, I don't know that I've ever met someone who says, I don't like Ghostbusters. I wouldn't fucking trust that person. They don't like <laughs> things that are nice, man. They probably don't like dogs, neither. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right, honestly. A person who's like, you know what I don't like? Ghostbusters. You know what else I don't like? Dogs. You know what else I don't like? Orgasms. Ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. Yuck. Yeah. No, I'm not lactose intolerant. I just don't like ice cream. Just not a fan of that stuff. <laughs> Never saw the appeal. I'd be like, get away Not from my me. Thing. Go away from me, I would say. Get, get out of hints. me. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, w- I would like anybody who's listening right now who's like, you know, Ghostbusters isn't my thing or whatever. Let us know. Ex- uh, tell us and explain yourself, damn it. Yeah, you're not our friends until you do. <laughs> right. I better see a damn good reason uh-huh. as to why you don't like this movie and why it's not a 10. I don't like this movie. My parents were punching me the whole time I watched That's it. That's not the movie's fault. That's your parents' fault. Also, my dad was Bill Murray. 
<gasps> oh, gosh. Ooh, okay, that's a little... That's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit different right there. Yeah, 10. Yeah, 10. 10. No explanation. So neither. if you're wondering if you should go to Blockbuster and rent it... You should. You should go to Blockbuster and rent it. Yeah. Yeah. You could also maybe buy a cassette of this. Ooh, a cassette. You might yeah. want to watch it a few more times. Mm-hmm. Because it's a winner. It is a winner. Um, yeah, I got nothing more to add. Nope. We've said it all. The it's best. The best. Great. Love it, man. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're going to announce next week's episode, too, after I remind you guys to rate and review on Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. Still the only place that reviewing a podcast matters. Just takes you a second. We've had a couple of good, funny reviews here lately. Hi, we? I okay. want mores. Yeah, go them. get over there. Uh, tell them, I don't know, uh, these guys sure talk words good. I like when they make the joke words. Note for note, word for word. Yep. Put that in the review. <laughs> I want to see that on Apple Podcasts. So please do. It helps us show up in the searches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, you guys can support us with dollar money. Uh-huh. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. And on over there, we got the Patreon exclusive episodes that are for patrons on any level. If you're a $5 patron, you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl and then we draw a movie from that smoking bowl and then we review that movie and we've done that for next week we have done that for next week so guess what happened when we did that what happened when we did the thing i pulled a piece of paper out paper out and on that piece of paper it said check our social media on friday to find out what i pulled from the bowl hope everybody there is doing good and having yourself a simply lovely uh, Thanksgiving time. Yeah, it's around there. Or just fall. Yeah, fall time. Fall time. Yeah. Don't fall down. Watch your step. <laughs> Don't S- fall. Don't fall during fall time. Fall time is for standing. Yeah, spring up during springtime. Don't fall during fall time. <laughs> you know what they say. They say that, right? Who is this guy? What's his voice? What's he all about? He's kooky. He's, He's a sounding, kooky oh, fella, I'll it sounds about like. After, I'll tell you okay, about all right. Now. We'll talk about it. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. Stop staring at me with those bug eyes. <laughs> Sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. Sorry about the bug eyes thing. That's really fucking funny. It's one of my favorite lines of the movie. It's really fucking, so fucking funny. Me. Yeah. You guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. We'll catch you guys next time. It's me, the ghost of Oh, the ghost of Aaron Neville. What do you have to say for what? Like, what? Tell us your message from the other side. Cocoa butter. You want us to? You want us to stay moisturized? Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep your face tattoos moist with cocoa. I'm gonna have a fucking. I'm gonna pass out if I. Yeah, I was gonna say. I gotta go. I'm it's out. Just constant breathing out and oh talking. Oh my god, it's exhausting. It's like a fucking ab workout. I bet if you talked like Aaron Neville for like an hour a day. Yeah. You'd probably have, have a six pack. I am at you've seen him. He's a muscular dude. That's he probably where he gets the muscles. From the hyperventilator. From the hyperventilator. <laughs> that makes him have big arms. The Aaron Neville body workout. It's just him going. <laughs> it's also him having sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh cocoa butter. <laughs> oh my butter. <laughs> mm. 
He's lying to me. The jokes are for like everybody who's who's getting him is thirty five plus. Oh, for sure. Everyone else is like, who the fuck is Aaron Neville? Aaron Neville? <laughs> you gotta find out. Bye. All right, bye. Oh yeah! What a rush! Fucking road warrior in yeah. my ass. So I was thinking the other day about how I hear people say that certain IPAs have like this cat piss kind of smell. Okay. I've heard this a lot of times. I've never agreed with it. Yeah. But I, I've I, heard I, it from like multiple people. Okay. And of course, a lot of IPAs have that like kind of piney, resiny thing right. going on, right? So I'm just saying, in order to go with our, you know, burgeoning flock of landmark dead and lovely beers right hose water lager uh, dimatap sour oh the dimatap sour i'm excited for that and uh, some of the other ones we thought up <laughs> i want to do a hunger games themed ipa okay called cat piss evergreen <laughs> do you like it i do cat piss evergreen so it's like a super piney ipa yeah and okay. whatever is that cat pissy thing yeah okay all right, Yen. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? Yes, let's make a cat piss evergreen IPA, IPA, and I guess you know probably fans of the of of the Hunger Games would really like flock to that because of its uh, a proximity to, though it doesn't sound as delectable as others, you know, with names like you know, not cat piss <laughs> things that don't say. Piss in yeah. the name. Right. I feel like piss example. in the name is going to hurt it a little bit, but that connection to, to Hunger Games, maybe it pulls it out. Okay. Look at it this way. The Hunger Games licensing connection, it brings in the fans. Uh-huh. They're old enough to drink now anyway. Okay. Also, the piss thing brings in the freaks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The piss, Sold. the piss freaks, that's a much <laughs> larger contingent than you want to believe. <laughs> and who's marketing to them? <laughs> Not enough people. We need more representation yeah. of everyone. It's only piss porn. Piss porn, they're like, hey, we got your thing. This is for you. But like, why not McDonald's? Like, hey, you want a cup of piss? Uh. Come on down. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Hunger Games, more like thirsty games. Am I right? Thirsty for piss. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> Coming soon to a brewery near you. Trademark Dan Lovely. Cat piss evergreen. There you go. That's, that's, my, a, bi- that's my big idea. It's a good one. It's, it's a good one. <laughs> it's all I got. <laughs>